1: and good morning wake up squad and thanks for starting your thursday with us later the master teacher Ashra Quasi, will take over our classroom brother Quasi will discuss the african origin of christianity now brother Quasi will also explain how some of the christmas traditions started like the christmas tree santa claus and and the candy cane but to get us started this morning financial advisor jb bryan is here from afro economics good morning jb
2: it's so good to be here i wouldn't grow up and be a master teacher You said master teacher, and I I stood real proud. He was like, no, not you. Sit down. Uh, (laughs) A couple more more things you got to master, and that is the truth. Uh, I really appreciate this opportunity. I'm so glad that you're just giving us this chance to share before someone goes out there and makes some mistakes (laughs) that will impact them for the rest of next year. I mean, a lot of times, people create debt, Carl. Right now, and what they feel is the holiday season that they don't pay off for years to come. So, if we really want to do yourself a favor, and if you don't remember anything else, and this is because it's great to to get up early in the morning. Everybody who is up early and you get this, I'm telling you, this is the time of year to check your credit report.
1: Right, but JB, before we go into all of that though, Uh we have a birthday to acknowledge, don't we?
2: (laughs) My baby. I can't believe it. I I can't believe it. I I, I just can't believe that, you know, not so long ago, you're like, yeah, it was decades ago, JB, but look, that I, you know, have my beautiful child. God blessed me with the best gift that has saved my life. I looked at somebody on social media the other day and they said, do you ever think about how much your children have helped you? And it is so true, like that, that. I, I, def, I'm convinced that becoming a parent was one of the greatest blessings that God gave me because it instantly made me realize that I have a responsibility to be the best that I can be. That someone is looking at me, like right? and. So I really appreciate this opportunity to just say happy birthday to my baby girl, Aziza, which means woman held in high esteem in the eyes of God. And she- wow. <laughs>
1: to so <laughs> <Well>, uh, <laughs> uh, Thanks Kevin for the production there of, of course because now you know it all goes you talk about having children JB you know that's when you, you your life changes because now you're responsible for somebody another person that you're responsible for, so you, one of the things you got to do you got to get your financial house in order because yeah. you have you know you have responsibilities now before mm-hmm. it was just you so yeah mm-hmm. that, that, so uh, congratulations on your daughter, yeah. you know. Yeah, it,
2: thank
3: you. Thank
2: you. Know, you. It, and I, it, I think that we get um, confused as parents because our emotions come over in the holidays and we forget that what the holidays are really all about is the time that we spend together. And, you know, I remember, um, you know, holidays and, and my mother especially would be very, very stressed out. And then my father would be stressed out because— she was telling him what she needed to get for us. And, you know, and I would be so uncomfortable. I mean, I remember this as a child. I was so uncomfortable with their stress over stuff that I think that to this day, it's just made me not like stuff. Like, it just made me like, it just doesn't, because I know what really makes a difference is just. Yesterday when I was exchanging with my daughter, and I just said, like, I just started crying. And she was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I was just like, I just can't believe that you're growing up. I think a lot of people don't realize that that has nothing to do with stuff that I may have bought her or not bought her or things like that. Like, you just don't want any segment of your life to really be remembered by that, I think that this should be the time of year where we really invest in relationships that you value, that are important to you, because that is the greatest legacy that you can provide to them. You know, because I, in my opinion, anyone with their self-esteem intact can take care of themselves and will have a commitment to taking care of their children's children. I mean I don't have grandchildren but I think about my grandchildren as I continue to work forward because when you get to where I'm approaching 30 years in business you know that you start you know thinking like what is it all for and it is it's for the footprint that you want to leave on the planet not oh I got to get I got to stress out and you know the the kids got to sit there and look at me stress over stuff like we are creating another generation of children or people that won't feel like they have enough. And I, I really think that it's important for us to teach each other, and our, especially our children, that the reason that they work is to make a better world for everyone around me. You no, know, that we don't work just to accumulate stuff and things and to be... Chasing dollars all the time. We should be chasing God's purpose over our life. And when you're working with that type of passion, that I've got to do this because this is what I was made to do. I was watching an interview of Noah Lyles, he's like the fastest man on the planet, and he was saying that when he was in school, he couldn't find himself. He had ADHD and learning disabilities and all of this stuff. He said it wasn't until I graduated from high school that I discovered that I could be a confident person. So a lot of times he's, and his mother is so supportive of him. Like, But because of the sacrifices that she made to support this young man, now he is the fastest person on the planet and one of the people I really admire so much because of his commitment to his craft. He's got skill, you know, and I really don't think that we should have to point out. Like, the Men's Health magazine was interviewing him. But they were asking, like, what do you say when people say that you're arrogant? And he was saying, like, you know, that I'm not arrogant. And people that are working on the same level as me don't see me as arrogant. They see me as a person who's doing what is needed, and I'm taking the sacrifices to create and to be the best. And next year, I'm going to be even better. And as everybody listening to this show have that same commitment i don't care if you're 99 years old you should make a commitment that tomorrow is going to be better we need to focus on quality of life and not just longevity not to, ah. i gotta live i got to live i got to live but what are you going to do while we're here
1: Right. <laughs> J.B., well well said, J.B., and I hope people are listening to what you said, you know, just giving spiritual advice, and he, we usually look for you for financial advice as we come close to the year, but it, it's all connected, if you will, because yes, you, you need both to make yes. it happen. But before yes. going go any further, though, are, are you broadcasting live on, on yes. social media? Can people see you and watch you, what you're doing Everywhere. right
2: now? Everywhere, wherever they look, just look up Carl Nelson, J.B. Bryan, and every major form even the X and <laughs> and all of them to so your favorite media form. you will find this. Please subscribe and share Carl Nelson and J.B. Bryan this morning. Uh, it's this, eight after
1: the top down. J.B., as we're coming to the close of the year, what are some things that we should be doing? What should we be looking for? And it's, it's cutting any corners, preparing for next year. Give us some tips.
2: There are know. there's no cutting corners. We want to make sure we get into that corner you know, I mean, I'm glad you used that analogy because every time you cut the corner, think about the floor, all the dust that falls into that corner. So, the, you know, in our attempt to do things right, we need to bring technology in so that we'll get all the dust out of the corners. And that's why I was saying the greatest gift that you could give to yourself is go to freecreditreport.com and get the free credit report. People are obsessed about credit scores Credit scores are not for us. It has nothing to do with you. All it does is tell people if you're a good lead. (laughs) If they're selling stuff and your credit score is 850, all it says is this person does a lot of debt. (laughs) They they, They get a lot of different types of debt, and they are committed to the American way of going into debt. And you have been doing it for a long time in most cases to get to that 850. So, we need to look at our credit score for confidence on I have all this stuff intact, they have my correct address this this is my debt. I mean I've looked at people's credit reports and pointed out to them that their score is messed up because some of the debts that they have were flipped over to different loans and lenders, and these school loan companies do it all the time, and I was showing her that you have duplicates on there. You don't have all this debt that they're showing. And then she said, oh, wow, and, you know, ran with it, never heard from her again. But, like, <laughs> she could have, you know, imagine if she continued to work with me with someone who's got that much dust in the corner, you know, needs to have someone who's going to help them swipe that dust out. So,
1: all right, so, so you're saying the fir- one of the first things we should do is clean up our credit uh, in the remaining weeks of this year.
2: At least find out, get the report and face it. Like, it's there's no cleaning up for most people, you know, because they'll say, well, my, my, especially your listeners, they're highly intelligent, very professional. Their, their challenge is that you are accumulating more debt than you really should be doing if you want to ever stop working that job. Because that job is paying you such a high salary that the lenders want a piece of you. So they keep sending you stuff. And they keep inviting you and you go to the casino and they let you just put it on their credit card. And they you know, they're they're they are having a ball with your credit. So if you you know, then you gotta have a new car, you gotta get a better house, you gotta get you know, it is contagious because you have that great job. That's where your listeners are. You know, the majority of your listeners are are, are doing well, they're just overwhelmed, unfortunately. And when it hits them all of a sudden, I don't want to work forever, at least I don't want to do this forever, they realize that everything that they've done was to get to this position that they're in. Our life represents the choices that we made. Now, if you want things to be different, if you want to be out of debt, when we look at that credit report, then we start breaking it down on what we have to do to get you debt-free or get your debts reduced to only this or get this so that, and, and to show you then you could live off of this amount. Because for the majority of people who are working every day, they are not going to inherit a huge amount of money, so they have to generate the income that's going to allow them to maintain their lifestyle. So we, you know, so your credit report really, even though you don't look at at it that way, it tells me your retirement plan. It tells me when you can retire. It tells it tells it tells me so much. And but we have to face up to it. And I think that when you have a lot of debt, you don't want to see it because you know you can't pay it off. For many people, if they don't, they know they can't pay it off, so they don't want to see it and this and that. But You have to do it because there could be errors on there. There could be someone that lives up the street from you with the same last name and they put it on. All of these things are possible and you don't want to get to retirement and then you're trying to clean up these things.
1: All right, hold that so, thought right there, JB. We've got to take a short break here. When we come back, though, I, I saw a report where many retirees are, re- uh, are returning back into the job market because it, it's so tight being on be, mm. being home, as you mentioned, and, and all of a sudden your funds are drying up. So maybe you have some advice for those folks. Folks, you want Great. to join this conversation, reach out to us at 800 450 7876. Speak to JB Bryant. We'll be back in four minutes right here at 14 after the top there, right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the D fever on FM ninety five point nine and AM fourteen fifty WOL. Where information is power. We close out the year. Before we left, we were talking about uh, seniors or people who have retired, or, and now as the survey shows, many of them are trying to get mm. back in the job market. Uh, JB and one, one of mm. our listeners just tweeted that uh, it's a bad. The bad part of going back into the work market is a small job market for seniors. So, uh, do you have any mm. advice for, for seniors who are in this predicament?
2: Uh, That's not true. Like, they should definitely join Afroeconomics and get um, motivated. Like, because if if they're actually, because there are so many jobs that want seniors that I know that I have people in their 80s in Afroeconomics that could get a job today if they wanted to work full time for someone. That's the challenge. You know, a lot of the retired people, from my opinion, but but I, I believe that I'm working with, you know, statistical anomalies just like this show. Like, and as we continue to elevate, like, I'm working with people who are committed to all the time talking about their health and their wealth and moving forward in their life. And that doesn't intimidate them. Like, that's kind of the zone that a senior has to be in in order to go back to work. Like they have to offer to employers like um something different than what they're getting because this young market can't bring the experience that you have to offer. They can't bring unfortunately the discipline yet that you have to offer because you don't have the challenges that they have because your kids are grown now. You don't have to worry about the daycare and picking up and running late and someone's sick and this and that you're just taking care of yourself and you should be going back or doing what you enjoy and creating additional income if you want to and put yourself in the position to to communicate and network and be around people that think like that cuz once you put that into your mindset that I'm too old they don't want to hire me and things like that it, then you're p- putting the whole energy that surrounds you in an unrealistic place. Like the the reality of it is when we change the way we think, everything in our life changes. But it first has to be that look at all that I have to offer. I did 30 years doing this and this and this. I can definitely help this company with security. I can help definitely help this company with um, project management. I can definitely help this company with because I've done all this and everything is computer based. We're not talking about something all where right. you're. But you know, well, you well, JB, let run.
1: me interrupt you and and, and mm-hmm. ask you this question though, because you know a lot of the companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they don't like to hire, I should say, they don't like to hire older people because they think that you've won the the, the, the healthcare is going to run up their health healthcare bill. The part that they have to pay and, mm-hmm. and and they feel they may have more challenges and take more days off than, the, than younger folk. And mm-hmm. they and, they, and the, the other thing they think they, they want, they need more money or want more money. So if you're going in, say you're going in for a job interview now, and you're trying to, you you're a a retiree who's you know trying to get back in the job market. What sort of things that you convince the person who's going to hire you that that you're a good fit for the for the job?
2: Great question. Well, if they're going into a job that's like has all these benefits and things like that, they're wasting a lot of their money. A senior who already has uh, social security, they put in enough quarters. They they have the benefits taken care of. They've got Medicare. For a lot of employers, that's a great thing. You can work even as a contractor. Think about all the young people that have to work as a contractor, and they're worried about the very things that you're already getting, you've already got. So that you need to make sure that you're choosing the right company. Like yesterday, my Uber driver, he was like, Lord, I'm supposed to be retired. But now they're offering bonuses and everything for me to drive for Uber. I can't. I can't even take a break. And then I got a security company that I do other work for. Like, and that was like a seventy-something-year-old white male. So that it's like this. People need good people, and so definite. But he's in a job that's a 1099. It allows him to have tax write-off he can write off the, the maintenance of that vehicle, the, the gas on that vehicle, he get you know, his cell phone he used, the technology that he purchases for that business. That man is doing the right thing. Especially if someone's between like not full retirement age. So they can take back your social security. Why in the world would you put yourself in a position for a W two? But that's, I'm getting kind of complicated, but that's why you need to be, they need to be talking with someone. Don't, like, control, don't handle yourself like you're not working. Well, back
1: up a bit there, there uh, JB, because okay. you're saying he's 70 yeah. years old. Back up a bit for us here. He's 70 years old, uh-huh. so he's getting Social Security. So can, can that be a, a tax again? Cause he had to, will that affect his Social Security? Because, you know, he's, he's so, you already know, well, getting it, true. and now he's earning money
3: again.
2: You're right, no, he won't, but he's getting the benefit of having his own business.
3: McDonald's
4: is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy, juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken, they're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
2: So that vehicle, like that asset, like we have vehicles, but they create no income for us. They give us no tax advantage. So that we, as, as like the credit report is showing the liabilities. We also need to look at the assets that we have, and are any of them creating income for us? So if you buy a car, it's got an eight hundred dollar car payment, and half of the time you use that car, you're doing it for Uber driving or deliveries or something. Then half of that car payment is a business expense, and so they they you know those things that we're just totally missing when we go back and get a job with a W2 so and and you're only 62 between 62 you're not full retirement age that's considered early retirement so they can actually take back your social security if that W2 comes in too high and they're calculating it all throughout the year but if you were a 1099 employee cuz you already got your social security you don't need, you you're just a contractor then you, you know, could actually keep that money and write off the expenses associated with it, so it would bring down the income.
1: But, and, but the key uh, is, uh, and JB. No let no me problem. throw this in there. Cause mm-hmm. I think the key is uh, 27 at the top. There, you've got to mm-hmm. form a corporation. Then, so in, if you so no. that it wasn't
2: no? no, it won't work. You won't get okay. those benefits if you do that. Like um, people do LLCs all the time, but they're really just sole proprietorship. So that in many cases, that LLC is a, a waste of their money, but they don't know because they don't have anybody to talk to. They look at these little shorts on the video, and the guy's like, ah, oh, do the LLC, and he da-da-da. All that I'm talking about is a basic sole proprietorship. He got that that 1099, and that 1099, he puts on his Schedule C for his personal return. It is not complicated at all, but we make it complicated because you're talking to the wrong people. They're talking to the wrong people. They're sitting there taking business advice for somebody that don't even own a business, doesn't have no license, nothing. You're just sitting there and you're believing it and then messing up your finances with it and then exposing yourself to unnecessary risk. So – the more, you know, the more unnecessary expenses as well, because you set up the corporation, then that all that income goes to that corporation. The point is to get that income as on your Social Security or a tax ID you set up for your sole proprietorship. And then you can write off those expenses. If you put it over in the business, then the business you're not benefiting from that. The business is. The business, a corporation, is a completely separate entity. Gotcha. You. And let I me mean, do yeah. this,
1: and shout out to the folks who are listening to us and watching you, actually. I'm looking at, the, at you on, on, online here. And folks, J.B. Bryan is our guest, and she's broadcasting live online all across social media, 30 minutes after the top of the hour. J.B. got a tweet question from Elaine. Okay. Elaine is in Baltimore. She says, my aunt does not qualify for Medicare because she has a small bank account. Why is that?
2: J.B.? She needs. To, she needs to get help. That's not gonna. This She might be saying Medicaid, and she. She. The person writing this is probably talking about Medicaid, okay. Medicare. You know that you don't have to have the low income, and the, not have the assets, but Medicaid is. You know that that senior, you know is you know basically in poverty level, and then they'll get the Medicaid privileges. But that those are really hard for people to tell, you know, the difference because the those names of them are so close. But Medicare and doesn't is not going to care about how much you have in your savings account, but because you just qualified for that because you did your Social Security credit over your career at sixty five, you qualify for Medicare. Medicaid is income based, you know, so that um that could come into play, what she has in that savings account. and And then you also have to look at like her whole history of her situation. but that that is a you know a key area where we really need help. I, I, we have a lot of self-employed people who have not prepared themselves for qualifying for Medicare or Medicaid because they haven't been doing their tax returns. Wow. That's a problem. I know one lady, she came to me with a huge bill from Medicare because of her not doing her tax return to prove her income. And I said, for right now, you've got all this 1099 stuff coming in that she sent to herself, but the tax preparer, did not make sure her do a tax return personally. So she had her own entity that paid her a 10.99 and withheld no taxes on it for herself, nor contributed to social security. We got to be careful. You start these businesses. We got to be about business. And I really want to do more on that. You know, next year, like maybe we could do a whole um session on just small business. You know, and Um, what you've got to do, because we want to talk about the glamour of it. But I know that for the rest of this year, I told people, like, I I can't do new meetings, because I have so much to finish as a business owner before the year ends. In addition to continuing education, because I have all these licenses, as well as you know, you, you want to make sure your taxes are straight. You want to make sure everything that has to be, you've got to handle ourselves that same way. Handle your business, you know, handle yourself as an enterprise. Take yourself seriously. Get involved in things like Afroeconomics that are actually based on the, the legitimate business practices and what we need to do to follow the system in which we live
1: thought right there, J.B. We've got to take our first Mm -hmm. break here and take a look at the uh, news, traffic, and weather in our different cities. It's uh, 27 minutes away from the top of the hour. Family around with Mm -hmm. J.B. Bryant. She's a financial advisor, giving us some tips that we should know about before we close out the year. What are your thoughts? Reach out to us at 800-450-7876 and we'll take your phone calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB and also in the DMV. We're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL. We're in Information is power. After and good morning again, family. 20 minutes away from the top of the hour, J.B. Bryan. J.B. is also broadcasting live across all social media. You go and check her out. In fact, they have a, a chat uh, a, a room, if you will, on the side corner. So I uh, shout out, let me see, Sheila's in there, Cynthia and Rick. And there's more folks in there and having these conversations about finances, uh, you know, while, while with J.B. during the break, by the way. And also, you, you can join that chat room or you can call us here. You don't have to use your real name, you know, or your real city. Right. Just reach out to us at 800-455. Five zero seventy eight seventy six. Before we go back to JB, got to offer our condolences to a couple of radio guys here. Uh, Johnny Allen made his transition uh, yesterday. If you listen to radio in New York, you probably heard his voice. Johnny Allen is sitting for Frankie Crocker on, on BLS Also, Pablo Guzman made his transition. I think it made last week or might been the week a week before. So, offer our condolences to them. And speaking about another radio uh, person, happy birthday to Wayne Gilman. Wayne was news director the WBLS WLIB back in the day. Started two weeks before me. I mean, I got there asking Wayne all these questions. He said, man, I just got here two weeks ago. But anyway, happy birthday to Wayne. Mm-hmm. Later this morning, we're going to speak with uh, uh, the master teacher himself, Brother Ashwa Quasi. He's going to discuss the African origin of Christianity. And tomorrow's again, is Friday. <clears throat> Tomorrow, we're going to give you another chance to free your mind and join us for another edition of Open Film Friday. The program begins mm-hmm. promptly at 6 a.m. Eastern time right here in Baltimore on 1010 WLB. Also on the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 W-O-L. All right, J.B., give us some more tips that we, you think we need to know before we close out the year.
2: And we also, as we did the liability checklist, we need to do the asset checklist. Like, the credit report is the liability checklist. That's what I'm saying. Like, you did that. You got your freecreditreport.com. It tells you all these liabilities that you have. And remember also, your net worth is your assets minus that all those balances gives you your net worth. And you want that to be a positive number. So if we take your whole credit report, what asset is that debt connected to? And when you get to, like, credit cards, can you imagine if you really had to write down <laughs> everything you bought with that credit card? It would really change the way that we look at things. and. Credit card balances are at an all-time high. So I suggest don't go into any more debt. Don't use the credit card unless you have your stuff so straight that you know for a fact you're going to pay that off. There's no way you would let it sit there. But I'm, this is how bad I am. This is how much I have to discipline myself. Like, I have to use the debit card. have to use the debit card. Because I know that if I can avoid, I know that my subconscious mind is going to go into, I don't have to worry about that right now. But we should look, like, at every liability that we have, what is it connected to? Because it was interesting, Carl, was um, looking at some research, and it was showing, like, the different debts that people of different races have. And our level of business debt is, like, 1% lower. So the majority of the debts that we have are not connected to an asset that can create any, you know, like, future for us. And that we have, like, about the same. We're pretty consistent with the majority of our debt. If we have debt, it's, you know, the debt is going to be in mortgages. But what is happening is in our community, that asset that's connected to that debt the our residential real estate hasn't performed as well as the average residential real estate numbers that they'll put out so and then also how much of our residential real estate debt that we have is like business debt like it's income producing properties and so we need to you know allow this time of year to really think about what am I doing with my money? And I think that because we take it, and I thank you for the opportunity to talk every month, that that is really the way that we should address things. So at this time of year, when you get that credit report, you attach it to the assets, and you see, Lord, I've got all this crap, debt, all this credit card, this all credit card stuff, you know, that, I, that you know, oh, and then, then the car. And if I had to sell that car today, would I make as much as I owe on the car? you know so we need to you know really think about those things and then say, what is my plan for next year? Do I really want do i do I need this? How can I not make sure that this number is this is this high next year like every year that consumer debt that non income producing debt you know that is not attached to a asset that has the potential to go higher that how do I get that down? Because do, that's the part that really messes up your net
5: worth. Right. And hold that thought right there, JB. Uh-huh.
1: 15 away from the top. There, Rick is joining us. He's online, too. He's calling from Northeast D.C. Good morning, Rick.
5: Good morning, Carl, JB, and the uh, WOL listening audience. Uh, JB, um, I am coming up on a year retired. Uh, I had a pension and little bit of a 401k from my previous job. So I turned that over to a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Now, my qu- I have two questions. Uh so, what do I do now as far as taxes? Do I get like a w- well, when I turned over my pension and 401k, we made a plan with the financial advisor where they would take out money from my pension and 401k. That would be like my salary that I got from my previous job, and the rest of the money is invest mm. was is being invested. So, mm. as far as my taxes, mm. do I automatically get a W-2? How do I do mm. my taxes? Mm. That You're not
2: gonna get the W-2 anymore, but you'll get that 1099-R, and okay. it will show the withholdings. You know, make sure that they you know their withholdings that they are withholding your federal and DC, you know, taxes with yeah. each of the withdrawals that you make. So okay. are you saying that you didn't take a pension check, you took a lump sum? Exactly. Yeah, the um see the the tricky part with that is that you have to be really, really disciplined. You no, know, and stick to the plan that you just said. Like and a lot of times, unfortunately the financial advisors will create a plan for you that makes you happy Beautiful. and the, at the beginning, like I talked to this lady last week, and I was like well if you if you stick to this plan you're going to run out of money in four years. you realize that right and she had she had not thought about it, wow. and I was like, and with the other part that they say you'll go to after that, okay, okay. it will never be enough to create the income." that you're currently withdrawing. So do you have something else that's going to be happening? Like, you know, (laughs) because, you know, where is their plan to make up? Because they're saying that in four years your income is going to be dropped in half. So um, we have to be careful that they don't just give us what we want to hear, like he or she starts you taking out, you know, 8% a year, and the return on the investment, you know, is nowhere near that. So you have to, you know, protect yourself. You know, I'll be happy if you join Afroeconomics. You know, I analyze things like that all the time and it help you just get a better understanding of, you know, where you are. If you like, if you end up liking where you are or wherever, you know, that's fine. If, if not, you know, you say, I want to, you know, look at some other options that will lower my expenses and things like that. that. I do that all the time, and I can also establish, you know, your IRAs and accounts that way. But as a registered investment advisor, I am required to only do what's in your best interest. Right, that right. is my legal requirement.
3: Fiduciary.
2: So, yeah, so no, don't go with that because everybody's using that fiduciary term so loosely. I haven't met anybody in financial services that doesn't say that they're a fiduciary now. So I don't use that term because it's ridiculous. Yeah. If they don't say they're a registered investment advisor, they're
5: not. Yeah, this How is this. You want to look for? Oh so yeah. So, Rick, what's your, yeah, yeah, right okay. Rick what's your second
1: question? Because we're racing the clock right now. Rick, what's your second question?
5: Yeah. Second question is: Should I take my Social Security now? I know it's like six on one hand, half a uh, dozen on the other. I'm 65 now, mm-hmm. and I haven't taken my Social Security now. I know it's an individual choice, but what would what, what is your uh, take on that? Should I take it or wait to the 68 and 66 months? What would be uh, uh, my retirement, uh, whatever the term is, they have there at the highest I could get—not the highest, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Do you think I should take it now or wait to sixty-six in eight months?
2: That's a—that would be inappropriate for me to say what you should exactly do. But things to consider are, mm-hmm. you know, health situations, um, income taxes, uh, you know, um, and you know the, um, the advantage of taking it now, the disadvantage of taking it now and the advantage of waiting and disadvantage of waiting. No, those are things that I look at with the client when we have to make that decision. And, but um, it's, it's very impossible and it would be inappropriate for me to say, because yeah. I, you know, don't know your specific situation, but right, I'm right, telling right. you, there are people who I tell, oh, okay, it's time and it's early. Then I, there are people who I, you know, know. And I say, you know, this would be best for you to wait. So and a lot of it might come down to, you know, um, taxes for you. Mm. Um, And then I would have been hesitant to let you start taking those withdrawals without talking to you about, you know what I mean, the Social Security, because I don't like people to spend their own money. That's your lump sum. And they're not even spending that government money because. You can leave your lump sum to your beneficiaries, your family, but you can't right. leave Social Security. Right. You right. know, <laughs> you got a million dollars in there, that that if you pass out the next day after your first check, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that's where the advisor. That's why I'm saying there's a difference between a registered investment advisor and a registered rep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, somebody that's just selling as a broker and, you know, things that you're at, you're, you, we, I want my whole community to level up yeah. and say, like, I need someone who is not connected to the product. I need someone on my side that's going to say this, they are, and that are legally required, not just a nice person, but legally required to do this in my best interest beyond that fiduciary requirement. So, mm-hmm. okay. fiduciary. And even just a licensed insurance agent says that. And I, I saw that. And it's going to be addressed, but only after a lot of people lose money. That's the, only, that's the situation. They don't put up stop signs until somebody dies. So, so I
5: will get the 1099R in the mail. It's yes. like a, okay. Thank you so By much. By the end Thank of you
2: January. you should. Okay. But you should also know right now mm-hmm. what your taxable event is going to be. Call that advisor and say, what should I expect? on that, you know, taxes, do you have, you know, my taxes t- um, set up correctly, you could head off a lot of problems. Like say you, all of a sudden you find out they're only withholding 1% for D.C., you know, and you know you should be withholding more, then you could correct that this month before it ends. You know, they just have to take out, as a, you know, additional withdrawal or something. At least you'd be planning ahead. And you'll know, you know, I've got to have a, you know, I'm going to have a tax liability. That's why for you, it might take this year to test to see what you owe because you have, you know, may have income coming from different places. When the income's together, you're in a whole different tax bracket. So it's hard to measure. And then until after you do it, but you can definitely withhold um, what you a good estimate is vital.
5: Yeah, right. I think they did do that for me. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, yeah. thanks, Rick. Thanks yeah. for your
1: call, Eric, you. and, and thank, thank, thank you. you have- uh, hang on a second, JB. We got to take another quick break here, taking a look at the traffic and weather in our different cities, and also the news for our listeners in Baltimore. Folks, you got a question about finances? Reach out to our guest, JB Bryan, and also you can just go online and then look at JB if you want to know what she looks like. She's broadcasting live, and there's a chat room at the side as well. You can get into the conversation with the other folks as well. You can reach out to us though, 800-450-7876. Your calls in four minutes right now in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB, and also in the DMV we're on. FM 95.9 and AM 1450, WOL, where information is power. And hey, good morning again, family, and happy Thursday to you, a minute after the top of the hour, with financial advisor J.B. Bryan from Afroeconomics. J.B. is sharing with us some uh, some tips that we should know before we close out the year, some financial tips. This is also giving us some spiritual tips as well. Thanks for that, J.B. That was an answer, but that was extra. But well, uh, JB, I still I got a tweet here from uh, from Ed, and he says that that's what he did because when <laughs> he said, and he's basing this because of Donald Trump. He says he he took his money because Donald Trump got back in office. He said, they never know what Trump might have done as far as the social. Because you know the Republicans have been, have been talking about uh, doing away with Social Security, so that was a concern for many people. Are Your thoughts?
2: That's right. Like spend their money before you spend yours. Like. And it is amazing how many people will do that. And sometimes, like, um, I think it's, it's, um, I wish that I, I can't say I wish I would never, but the way I present things um, sometimes can be, like, fussy, fussy. And I think that the best way to think about me is your mom. Like, if you're, like, about to run into the middle of the street and your mother has to grab you, it's not really the most pleasant experience. Like she grabs you, like she gonna kill you, like she like she's gonna rock your world. Like the way she grabs you, that's really what I'm saying when I, you know, say these things. Like that, this is, I want to save your life. I I I want. To help, and and so you know, to everyone listening, you know, like ah, that lady, she's fussy, fussy. But it's only because I love you. Like, like you know, they, my mother never said this is gonna hurt me more than it hurts you. <laughs> but I, you know, we have to know that there are certain people who just can't present it the way you might want to hear it. But we still need to know if truth is truth. And I'm gonna bring the truth. Um, to the best of my ability, until I take my last breath, I'm going to bring just that. And I see too often that people will spend their own money kind of as an act of rebellion. I remember I had a, you know, a brother, and I said, you know, don't spend your money. Start your Social Security, you know what I mean? But don't spend your money since you're not working. You don't have to worry about the income until you get to your maximum age and he had at least two chronic illnesses. Wow. So these things will shorten your life. So it means you're not going to be able to max out if you wait and he 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 just went in like no. No. And he got really mad and 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 switched like left me. And then um but mm-hmm. he still like you know communicates a lot and i see on social media and like he supports the things that i'm doing but like like don't get confused that love is only let you do what feels good to you. Like, you know what yeah, I'm That's, like, that's tough
1: love, uh, JB. Yeah. <laughs> that's some tough love. Yeah, exactly. But JB, we got to let you go because uh, we got uh, John Hope Bryant uh, standing by. We're going to continue discussing okay. money. But you're going to be in the chat room, so you're going to still be taking calls and all of that in the chat room?
2: Fantastic. Great. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And then also thank you for all that you do, and then thank the brother, and then thank the master teacher as well. But John Hope Bryant, I've uh, seen... A lot of the um, positive things that he's doing, and I'm glad that you have him on the show. Thank you for the opportunity for me.
1: Uh, Thank you, JB. And, JB, before we go, though, how can folks reach you locally?
2: 1-844-522-7926. All over the planet, if you can get to a toll-free. 1-844-522-7926. D.C. office, Virginia office, and New York office. So, um, you know, no excuses. No excuse. Thanks, right. J.B. Please. Thank you. Have a wonderful, wonderful
1: day. All right. You, you yeah. too. Folks, it's uh, four minutes out of the top. there. Alex, good, good morning to John Hope Bryan. John, good morning.
6: Hey, good morning. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with the legendary Carl Nelson.
1: <laughs> Please. The legendary John Hope Bryant. When I told folks it was John Hope Bryant, they like JB, everybody knows John Hope Bryant, but they don't know your background. So the first time you're on the uh, radio airways here, John, give us a little bit of your background.
6: Uh grew up in uh, South Central Los Angeles. My uh, mother, Juanita Smith, just passed away. Uh, Two months ago, to celebrate her birthday, this past uh, the first birthday without us. This past Sunday, Saturday, we lost your family foundation her name, but Juanita Smith and my dad, Johnny Smith, South uh, St. Louis and uh, Alabama, respectively, to uh, sausage relay. And great grandmother was a slave. Great great grandfather was a slave. Uh, grandfather. Um, R.B. Smith, born in 1871 in the town of Mississippi. Albert um, was a sharecropper and probably born into slavery in 1871, but we don't know. Nobody was passing out memos in 1871 saying slavery was over. But he owned a farm, and, that, and then as a best thing, closer to a businessman, he had nurtured my father who became a businessman. I became an entrepreneur. My mother, uh, a shotgun shack in East St. Louis, her sister's and their brother, uh, her mother, Her mother was a slave, and my mother um, told me she loved every day of my life because her mother never told her that she loved her at all. And her dead dad wasn't around, so I had a sense of yes I am, and yes I am, and yes I can, yes I am. For my mother told me she loved me every day of my life growing up. <clears throat> so I didn't have I didn't have any cash, and I didn't I didn't have much money, but I had lots of love, and that's why I say there's a big difference between being broke and being poor. Being broke is economic. But being poor is insane. Take the press condition of your spirit. You must vow never, ever, ever to be poor
1: Again, Yeah, I love to hear that. That's what, Those are the kind of words we like to hear. But, John, let's talk about your your One Million Black Business uh, program. What is it?
6: Yeah. yeah. yeah well, it is it is exactly what it sounds like, good brother. I mean, uh, after George Floyd's murder, Rainbows After Storms. Um, I called, uh, I was asked to do a podcast or sorry, a town hall with uh, the CEO and founder of Shopify, Toby, who's was uh, coming to the forum, by the way, this weekend. Uh, and uh, he said, John, what can I do? He was so broke up, tore up about the injustice of George Floyd. What can I do to help? And I thought big. I, I, I thought big and bold and audacious like you. I said, well, you can help me create a, new, a million new black businesses in America, self-reliant. By the way, the, what the sister was talking about about marriage is straight up sure, correct and I'd love that you know, like if there's this topic come back we have time and drill, drill down on that and go even further than what she was saying is actually think marriage actually will see it's what marriage is actually it actually is the roots of it's business. But we'll deal with that later. So one MB one asked this guy to help me support big Main like businesses. There's only three point one million black businesses in America. Uh, 96% of them don't, don't have an employee uh, and no technology. So uh, he said, sure. Well, he said, to me, a proposal. So I sent him a proposal with, within the week and heard nothing. And I said, well, okay, that didn't work. So I sent him another note to follow up and said, hey, man, thank you for considering how to hear back from you, but I really appreciate you even offering to ask and to care. And he sent that note back and he said, what are you talking about? I said, yes. <laughs> so I went to my spam folder. So. <laughs> it was a $130 million 10-year commitment to support when they became MBB in my spam folder. So everybody listening, always watch, always check your spam folder. <laughs> and uh, we stood it up. And today we have over 390,000 like businesses where we get free financial literacy. I'm sorry, a domain name search for your business idea, a website. Uh, a uh, payment system, delivery system, uh, a, uh, uh, a Shopify account for free for four months, uh, free business plan uh, support through operations. So help, credit counseling to get your credit score up because most businesses are with proprietorships, so your credit personally is going to really be important. Uh, all the way up to getting you a couple hours free with an attorney, a couple hours free with an accountant. Uh, all the sort of tools you need to be successful about is worth about $25,000 in value per business in in-kind grants. And, uh, uh, and if, you have a, if you have an existing business, Carl, you have a, a barbershop you're listening now, you have a restaurant you're listening now, hair salon, well, you should have an e-barbershop connected to that. You should have an e-restaurant, an e-salon where people can go online, schedule pay. Uh, you know, part of the 21st century. And we've we set all that up, so we we're at 390,000 black businesses supported, created, nurtured, advanced since George Floyd's murder. Simple math: that's well over 10% of all black businesses in America, and we're not the government. And we're ahead of schedule because you know the goal is 2020 to 2030, create a million new black businesses. So we set it, and we're doing it, and we're exceeding uh, our expectations. And uh, people can go to one nbb online. If they're listening to this right now and sign up. All uh, it's requires is your hustle and your, your commitment. You and John, in. let me ask
1: you this: Do you have to have an established business, or can you just uh, just create your business? You've got a business thought in your mind, and you, you want to build it out. Can they join as well, or is it just for folks already in business?
6: No, nope. all the way above, my man. Uh, you you have an established business. Uh, and you want to bring it into the digital age, uh, you want to make it competitive, resilient for the 21st century, box check. You have a business idea, and you, you work nine to five. You're, you're on your way to work right now listening to this great program. You work nine to five, and you want to be at a hustle from five to nine. Make sure it's a nine to five pace for your five to nine hustle. This is your five to nine hustle, uh, and you come up with the idea part-time. Uh you so you're in the middle of your life, you want to reset your life. Fine, box check. You're a young person and you're in college or in high school or you know, uh you wanna you wanna create a new business idea. Uh yes, box check. It applies to all 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 of your examples. Sir.
4: McDonald's is not new to chicken.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: So if people have got a great idea and they come to you and say, John, I've got, a, I've got this great idea for a business. Can you help me out? Can they join the line as well?
6: Yes, sir. First thing we have to do is get your... Your credit uh, under, un, you know, underfoot, uh, you know, half of our people, African Americans, have a credit score below 620, which means when we wake up in the morning, uh, before you put your feet on the floor uh, and put shoes on, which is an economic thing, by the way, because the government doesn't give you shoes. It, it, your, your life is all about money, the time you go to bed, the time you go to sleep, time you wake up, and when you're asleep. Uh, but half of us, before we hit the, hit, hit the door and go out to bed, uh, out of the house in the morning, uh, we're we're like another free enterprise system, Carl, because half of us have a credit score below 620, which means you cannot get access to good capital, good credit, low cost capital, uh, and so you you just you can't participate in the system. So yes, slave, you know all the you know, police brutality and all these things that we talk about all the time are really 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 bad and really real, but this is almost more debilitating because this is actually something you control, and this is something that if you don't control it, it will certainly control your life, including divorce. Number one, cause for divorce is money. So you get, you got to get your credit score right. you got to get your finances right, you, you know, your household finances right, before you even start this business. So the beautiful thing about this is also anybody listening to this and wants to start the business, it's sort of a twofer. You get to start the business, and you finally have to deal with, and we will help you as a private banker for free. To get your personal financial situation straight so that you can uh, be a successful business person.
1: All right. Hold that thought right there, John. We've got to take a break, uh, short break here and check the traffic and weather and our differences. When we come back, though, uh, I want to know some of the financial institutions that you deal with, because we got a lot of progressive black folks that only deal with black banks. I want to know if you deal with that or any of the black uh, financial households as well. Folks, you want to join this conversation with John Hope Bryant reach out to us at 800-450-7876. We'll take your phone calls in four minutes right here at 14 after the top hour in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. In the DMV, we're on FM point. 9 and AM fourteen fifty WOL, where information is power. <laughs> And good morning again, family. 20 minutes after the top there, we're on with uh, John Hope Bryant from Operation Hope. And he's got a plan, it's set up to, to help 1 million black businesses. So if you know a person out there that's got a business or got an idea for a business, they need to check this out. Before we go into some more uh, specifics of the program, John, you, you got help, you said, from the folks who run Spotify. And all this has happened because of, of what happened to George Floyd. Do you think had not that had not happened to George Floyd, that have uh, made this offer? Do you think they're they're you know sort of being so beneficent, if you will, because of, of the conscious it was sort of pricked to what happened to George Floyd?
7: I think you hit it there on right. Yeah,
6: Shopify's founder uh, certainly was um, touched by the murder of George Floyd. Like the whole nation was. I mean, I call that a I really call that a Noah's Ark moment. The whole situation with the pandemic. Which caused everybody to be at home watching TV and listening to your program. And then that then led to everybody being a big sort of observant of rich you know, rich and poor, young and old, watching the news, listening to the news, which when George Floyd was murdered on, on live on TV for eight minutes. I think it touched everybody's heart here and around the world. And then that then led to the year Euro social justice reckoning of Black America, as big as we've seen since uh, Reconstruction, the first Reconstruction, I call this the third reconstruction. So you hear it better right. I don't think <clears throat> he's a nice guy. I think there are other priorities and things happen in the world, no different than what's happening in Ukraine. It got pushed off the front page by what was happening in the Middle East. It, it, you know, it, unfortunately, always something going on in the world has got your primary attention uh, as a leader. And I think that George Floyd's murder did not go in vain. Uh, his, he, gave, he gave his life, not voluntarily, not intentionally. Uh, his life was taken. So others, other uh, 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 others of us might have life. It appears, uh, and uh, that that incident triggered over 60 billion dollars, in uh, corporate commitments alone, uh, for, for renewal and, and, and restitution and, and and inclusion in the economy, uh, of, of and for black people, which was a great start. It's biggest commitment of corporate, the biggest commitment to black renewal actually in the world, corporate government, irrespective $60 billion plus. I think a lot of that, unfortunately, didn't get operationalized. We weren't, some of us weren't ready to take on the opportunity. Some of us missed the opportunity, and some commitments weren't fulfilled. But it's still an incredible amount of money to play with, and the spirit is still there in the third reconstruction, I'm calling it, which is a movement of the suites, not the streets. And that's about cash, about about the color green, about opportunity for all. So, yes, it was, I believe, triggered by George Floyd. I do not think it would have happened without that um rainbows after storms.
1: Right. 23 after the top. Thing. You know, we, uh, Claude answers a frequent guest on this program, and he tells us, you know, what happens to us with the situation we're in is not by uh, accident, it's by design. And we've got to find, figure out a way how to get out from being at the bottom of the socioeconomic ladder. And what you're offering is a plan, a solution. So I'm just, I want to make a plea to all everybody listening out there, because we're always complaining about why we're always consumers and not producers. Here's a here's a roadmap that John O'Brien has gotten for black businesses. If you've got a dream or if you already have a business, you need to take advantage of this. But I want to dig deep more into the one MBBP program. You gave us some things of what you pr- provides, and you said the first thing you got to do is fix the credit. What's the next move?
6: a business plan. Um, you know, you know it, hustle is just not enough. Um, a lot of us are involved in busyness, not business. And we think that, you know, uh, if we just work really hard and are going to meetings all day, that's that somehow sufficient. If not, you actually need a business plan. It needs to be non-emotional. You know, capitalism is a gladiator sport. Uh, it does not care about your feelings and, and whether you deserve to be successful or not. It, it cares about, it, it respects the, the last man or woman standing on the field after the battle. We've got to be resilient uh, enough, strong enough, smart enough, wise enough uh, to be the last man, last woman standing on the field. And we can. We've been doing so much Black people with so little for so long. We could almost do anything with nothing. <laughs> so we, we've got the resiliency. We've got the... We, we came through the, the darkness and the valley of, of the worst part of this country, our ancestors and us. Uh, any Black woman who in this program, 70 of Black households run by Black women, uh, deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> and by the way, coming out of the pandemic, here's some good news, Carl. Uh, the largest group Creating small businesses, first of all, there, more small businesses got created after the pandemic than, than any time since 2004, and small business is the engine that drives the largest economy in the world, our economy. Well, the biggest business to come out of, uh, startups to come out of the pandemic uh, were black businesses. And uh, the biggest group, Carl, amongst all groups starting black, uh, black businesses, I'm sorry, starting businesses, period, were black women. <laughs> Uh, are black women so uh, black women? Well, well hold
1: on thought right there, uh, uh, John. How do you figure that out? Why is that?
6: Uh, well, you know, women tend to, you know, take running that household more seriously. I'm not saying that our black brothers don't, but the reality is that black women are running that household. They got children at home. They got they got mouths to feed. They got bills to make. They're running that household. They're, they they have no choice. But to be focused on the prosperity, no different than my mother was—the prosperity of her, cho- of her children. Uh, and uh, you know, women tend to be more mature than men. That is not my opinion; that is a scientific fact. It's not black women; it's all women. Uh, so, women grow up faster. They're forced to be more responsible, faster and longer, because they're running that household with the children at home. I mean, imagine how much more powerful if we had the men come back or don't leave in the first place. I can always tell, Carl, when I meet somebody who's had mom and dad at home, because they're normal. <laughs> there's no drama, there's no attitude, there's no anger, there's no, their head's not popping, you know, their eyes aren't rolling, they, you know, they're, they're not snapping at you, you know, at me or the world. They're just normal. We need, we've got to make smart sexy again. We've made dumb sexy for way too long. We've dumbed down and celebrated it. We've got to make smart sexy again. This is part of this process, what you're talking about, breaking down. The thing that gives me a lot of hope. I was with Ambassador Andrew Young last night at Clark Atlanta University, screening one of his films called The Color of Money, uh, partly about our work and we're from civil rights to civil rights, Dr. King's work, to what we're doing. And, and, he, and, he, and the audience was talking about the, the Clark Atlanta, how everybody today, call wants to figure stuff out. This is what gives me hope. Black people want to know how things work. This has never happened before. least I mean, it never happened in the last, you know, 100 years. Uh, we want to figure stuff out. Well, I guess we wanted to figure stuff. We wanted to figure out democracy in the 20th century. We wanted to figure out voting rights, access, you know, opportunity to the, the polling booths, all that kind of stuff, public buildings. So we stopped to figure that out. We, we, we reverse engineered it. But now we want to understand how prosperity and business works. So I, I think the curiosity of us, the hustle of us, the, the, the natural intelligence of us combined with the focus of that black women have to figure something out because they got too much money at the end of their money. And they don't, want to, they don't want their children to grow up struggling like they do. I think that just causes uh, an additional you know, resilience. And that's critical to business. My number one asset is I'm resilient. I take no for vitamins. <laughs> so I think that come get a business plan. Let us help you get your credit straight. We, you know, One of the things that I can say, and yes, is black banks. You mentioned this before the break. There's Harbor Bank in Maryland, my man, my man. Joseph Joseph Hoskins down in that bank is brilliant. Uh, we, don't, we don't have a hope inside with him, but I'm, I would send anybody to, to Harbor Bank in a second. You have Independent Bank um, in uh, D.C. Another Black bank that's really uh, beautiful and well run. Uh, but I'm pretty sure has four locations. Uh, I just pulled up uh, in in uh, Baltimore and Pikesville. Uh, we have I can I can I'm one of the few organizations that Black founded and run that can tell you I've got offices in 40 plus states. I mean, these are physically offices with my staff. I have 400 staff people, a $50 million annual budget, $4 billion in capital we invest in our neighborhoods and communities. So I'm not selling wolf tickets. I'm not just selling speeches. I'm selling, and, I'm, and I'm not selling books and tapes. I'm telling you, <laughs> uh, you walk into one of my offices, you know what I'm going to say A lot of us talking about prosperity, but we are in prosperous ourselves, and we got no infrastructure to refer people to.
1: I, I'm telling you. I... Well, hold on to that. Why is that, John? Well, cuz that we've got to cross that hurdle first before we can, you know, appreciate what you're doing and, and take part in it. Why is that?
4: McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on a Crispy juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickled chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say, they're not new to chicken, they're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
6: I mean, she. Uh, how many? How, how long do you have in this program? <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, look, you, you're talking about everything now. I mean, I uh, look, I'm going to say something that's just not appropriate. I, I'm just going to say it. Um, look, uh, you can We we're one of three groups of, of of a couple hundred primary ethnic groups in America. There's almost 2,000 different ethnic categories in this country, but 200 primary ethnic groups. There's only three that are failing. Uh, poor whites is a large group. Uh, Native American Indians and African Americans. By the way, not African Caribbeans, Carl. Not African Africans. I mean, from the African continent. They come here, and within a few years, they're they killing it. Uh, it's African Americans whose minds were you know broken. Our spirit was broken in slavery. Our, our self-esteem was destroyed in slavery. And uh, and we, 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 they wouldn't teach us how to read. They wouldn't teach us about things literacy. The Freedmen's Bank was, was destroyed. Uh, Lincoln was assassinated. The bank he created to teach free slaves about money in 1865 that, that started a list from Baltimore, by the way, who lived in Baltimore, who led real estate. He owned in Baltimore, rented it out to working class blacks, I might add. And there's a marker in Baltimore people who watch today will see Frederick Douglass own homes. I did a video on that for people who watch it online. But all that was destroyed with black Americans, African Americans. So we, we, it's what we don't know that we don't know that's killing us. What we think we know, and our self-esteem is what's devastated. So if I don't like me, I'm not going to like you. If I don't feel good about me, I'm not going to feel good about you. If I don't love me, I don't have a clue how to love you. If I don't have a purpose in my life. I'll make your life a living hell. You know? Whatever goes around comes around. So hurt people hurt people. And we never heal from that breach. Uh, but what I was about to say is these three groups that I just mentioned don't have what I call my left foot up for nothing the five pillars of success, it's much education you shove down your throat, number one. Family structure and resiliency. Well, number two is understanding the language of money, free enterprise capitalism, because we all live in a free enterprise system. You can't do this show without advertisers and underwriting. People can't listen to this show without without paying for the phone or the car or the, ca- the, car, the radio or whatever uh, because the government didn't get it to them. To listen to your show. Everything is going to a job. That's because they are using their human capital and changing it for a paycheck. So people say they don't like capitalism. That's just the stupidest thing on the on the planet. You are human capital. <laughs> I, mean, I hate rich people. No, you don't. You hate rich people till you become rich. What you hate is a game system. Okay, back to the, to the five pillars. Second one is so financial literacy. First one is education. Third one is family structure and resiliency. Fourth one is self-esteem and confidence, which are different. Self-esteem is how I esteem myself. We have confidence and still have low self-esteem, which is a lot of us, by the way. Uh, And and number number, number five is role models and environment. So if I hang around nine broke people, I'll be the 10th. And whatever you model, you'll see. So we see rap stars and athletes as symbols of success and, unfortunately, drug dealers. And so that's what we want to be because that's what we see we got to give kids something different to see. People listening to your program need to become volunteers in school, career day. You and I had career day going up, so that kids can see somebody with a suit on. They can see a brother or a sister who's successful. Drop in and just, just tell your story. Change the role model. So those five things, black people, all three of those groups, including poor whites, by the way, so it's not just racial, didn't get three of those five things. If you have three of those five things, I don't care which three they are, you'll be successful. You'll punch right through your problems if you have four or five of them, you'll absolutely kill it. My Jewish brothers and sisters have all five of those five things. That's why, as a group of 15 million people in the world, they're one of the most, the most easily recognizable minority group of 8 billion people. And they succeeded in spite of the anti-Semitism that's clearly uh, oppressing them uh, uh, because they understood the economic memo. So I'm going to say this is a very controversial call. They ever said this on radio. Black yeah, Indian, black, a, black, a black Jewish business plan.
1: Yeah, but that's some real talk right there, John. Hold that thought right there. We've got another quick break. We've got to take a look at the news, traffic, and weather in our different cities. At 26 minutes away from the top of the hour, folks. Uh, uh, John O'Brien is our guest, and he's got got a plan. If you've got a black business or you're considering uh, starting a black business, you need to get on this program, and we'll tell you more about it after we check in with our different cities right here. We're back in four minutes in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. In the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL where information is power. And good morning again, family. Nineteen minutes away from the top of the hour. Our guest is John Hope Bryant. Uh, before we go back, here, let me just remind you, coming up later this morning, we're going to speak with the master teacher, Brother Ashwa Kwasi. He's going to uh, discuss the African origin of Christianity. And also tomorrow is Friday, and we give you another chance to free your mind, think for yourself, and join us on our Open Phone Friday program, again promptly at 6 a.m. Eastern time, right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB, and also on the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOLB. Hell. Just checking in, just waking up. Our guest is John O'Brien. As I mentioned, John has a program looking for a million black businesses to help. Now, uh, John, uh, correct me if, uh, if I'm wrong. Are, are you going to help fund these businesses or they have to go through the program to get the funding?
6: You don't have to go through the program to get the funding. Operation Shop has funded uh, more than $4 billion to create homeowners, entrepreneurs, small business owners since we were founded after the Rodney King riots of 1992, been around for 30 years. But uh, of course, you're going to be more attractive to a bank or financier, financier, financier uh, if you go through the program and you have a business plan. The, the, the simple answer to your question earlier, why, we don't have a plan. Black America, we are brilliant. We are amazing. We are geniuses. We don't have a business plan for Black America. We have an emotional plan. We've got a government alliance plan. We've got a hook my, my cousin Pukia plan. We don't have a business plan. And, and without a business plan, we're toast. Uh, we, we, will, we will tread water. And, and, and ultimately, the, the, the net worth of black people, if we don't change this, Carl, by uh, 2050, is scheduled to be zero. Zero. For all of black America. So we have a chance to turn it around and turn the negative into a positive and rainbows after storms and actually build true generational wealth. And that's, before the breakouts, it's definitely pretty controversial which is that black people needed really a black Jewish business plan. And that's not even, a, it's not a racial comment. they're just comment. It's just simply saying, here's a group that focused on economics in spite of all their challenges. And by the way, every area in the country in the world that is, that is being preyed upon, including what's going on with our Palestinian brothers and sisters. If we had created middle-class people there and businesses and and wealth, it makes them less of a, of a uh, it less, it makes them more resilient and less of a place where the, militants and crazy people can come in and, and, and co-opt our environment, like going on in Haiti, going on in ni- parts of Nigeria. It's global, and it's right here in the United States of America. It's right in Baltimore where my wife's family, the Dalton family, by the way, 20th largest black-owned business in America, with uh, have David David Dalton, is right there in Baltimore, my father-in-law. And uh, we, we, need, we, we have got to have a plug-and-play infrastructure. Your question of why should be an hour-long program, that as you asked, before the break. Uh, and I know we don't have much time now today, but it, it, that is the everything. Why? We have got to, not emotionally, no, we don't need speeches. We don't need books and tapes. We don't need somebody giving rhetoric. We don't need emotionalism. We don't need somebody blaming the white man again. Uh, okay, yeah, there was a time for all that. But right now, why are the most brilliant people on the planet, African-Americans, who built this country for free? Why aren't we as successful as our neighbor's? Who are even our black neighbors, by the way, Carl, our Caribbean neighbors, our African neighbors. It has to be mindset and something else. We can fix that and I can fix your credit score, by the way. I can I can I can help you fix your mindset. I can help you with a credit score credit score. I can give you access to capital. And I've got a national network of offices and one of the few people of color that controls my platform. And I've got offices in forty states, Carl, that I control. Uh, yeah. But,
1: John, let me jump in right here, because I keep hearing that we've got, what, a trillion dollars in the black community? Who's got that money? So why why are we, if we've got all this money in the black community, why are we doing so poorly?
6: Because we're spenders. <laughs> uh, when your outflows, your inflows, and in your overhead will be your downfall. It's more than a trillion, Carl. It's $1.3, $1.4 uh, uh, We If we were a country, we'd be one of the, the biggest countries. We'd be one of the top 20 countries in the world. But we don't circulate money in our community. We, we, don't, uh, we don't own assets, and our assets cannot be on our rear end. I can't – we have a public program, but so I can't say what I really want to say. Your, your, your assets have to be on your head. You build, you build wealth in your sleep. So you make money during the day. We're, we're com- we, we have – again, we don't have a plan. No one ever taught us about capitalism and free enterprise. We're obsessed with making that money. Get that cash. Get that dollar. Get that money. Get that, it's, it's, it's irrelevant. Making money actually is irrelevant. My mother worked a, an hourly job, Carl, for 32 years, died with a million-dollar net worth, and had bought and sold seven homes and, and put my brother and sister into a home of their own, working an hourly job at $15 an hour. Making money is completely – and then you have somebody with a $100 million NBA contract goes broke. It's overrated. You build wealth in your sleep. 41% of us own a home. Here's your answer, right? The number one way to build wealth, Carl, in America is homeownership. We argue about this. We argue about the most simple, crazy things. You, you, again, I don't argue with people because argue with there are too. But people want to argue about, well, we have, I don't want to own a home. The bank owns a home. That's ridiculous. The bank owns a home if you don't pay, okay? As long as you pay, you got the, the benefit of the appreciation, the equity, the depreciation, the tax benefit, and you get the write-off of the mortgage payment, which you don't do on rent. 41% of us own a home, Carl. 41 to 43% compared to our white counterparts who own 75% of homes. Uh, so there, there you go. It, it, you've got to build wealth, stocks, bonds, real estate. The, the biggest business in the world, Carl, in the world, is real estate. In the world. There's no millionaires, myself included, who don't own real estate in their portfolio. It's, we we missed the basics. And we're again, we're brilliant. I'm not criticizing us. I'm critiquing us. We don't have a business plan for success for the race. And we got to get yep. the emotions out of it and put the plan in it.
1: Right. And you have the plan for us. So that's why I want to get more into the plan. How long does the, the the program take? So we sign up for your program, how long does it take?
8: It takes you about six
6: weeks to get your credit uh, heading in the right direction. I can get your credit score up. Uh, well, within six months, I can get your credit score up 54 points. And somebody making $48,000 a year who comes to us. Uh, your credit score is up 54 points, your debt's down $3,800, your savings is up $1,500, and that's how we can get the bank to say yes. So we're, you know, we're in most major banks that you can think of, a lot of minority banks, In most major banks you can think of, we are in, we're the only nonprofit, Carl, allowed to operate inside of a bank branch in U.S. history. And our goal is to get the bank out of the no business and back into the yes business so the bank says yes to you. Yes, for home ownership. Yes, for small business. Yes, for lines of credit. Yes, for consumer credit. Yes, for whatever the prime credit, by the way. So credit. So so we. So that person making forty-eight to fifty thousand dollars a year, we can rehabilitate them in six months, and within twenty-four months, Carl, I can move your credit score one hundred twenty points. One hundred twenty points. Just, nothing changes your life, more than God or love. Then move your credit score one hundred twenty points, and and and, and seven hundred credit score co- communities, which is my goal. Seven hundred credit score neighborhoods don't riot, Carl. They go shopping, of any race. The, all of our problems are in 500 credit score neighborhoods. That's where we tend to live or grew up. It's where I grew up. That's where all your homicides, your drug abuse, your depression, your obesity, your your low, your low uh, life expectancy, the average neighborhood, Carl, with a 580 credit score, this is six to 61 years old. That's before you get Social Security. 15 minutes away now, think about Pikesville now, 15, 20 minutes away, you live to 81 to 96 years old, 15 years away. But the credit score is 700 in Pikesville. It's, it's five and change in central Baltimore, or so, uh, in parts of Baltimore. Baltimore. So, the, so I, the, the beautiful part about this conversation, anybody listening, whether you want to start a business or not, I can't change whether somebody feels bad about you or discriminates against you. Okay. I mean, but, but the one kind of freedom that's permanent is financial freedom. And it starts in your mindset. You change that. You change your credit score. You change your whole life. <laughs> so it starts there uh, in a business plan, credit counseling, then a business plan. We do that for free. We invest that in, in you. We get you a domain name. You own that. A website. You own that. A, and a Shopify account. You own that. First four months are free. And people say, well, what does Shopify one out of? Customers. <laughs> they want you to convert from the free account to the paid account. And is that what we want? We want not a handout, or a hand up. We want to be taken seriously, which goes back to the question about where the trillion dollars going. It's going out, <laughs> Carl. We even give it away. uh, weave, uh hair weave uh, business. I mean, what? There's a few businesses in our neighborhood that'll never go out of business. Beauty, right, right. You know, beauty and probably unfortunately funeral homes. But beauty, it, it sh- we should own that, Carl. Why are we? Why is? Why is it Korean? I have nothing problem. I have no problem with my Korean brothers, and sisters, but why are Korean people owning hair weave stores in black neighborhoods? That's a natural. It would never go of
1: business. Yeah, I hate to tell you this, John, but they're they're even taking over the barber shops. The black barber shops is now. That's their next move.
6: Because we don't understand the business, we we got the people you know, you have I have I, I can, I'm a mentor to a lot of these hip hop artists and and, and, and uh, a lot of people who are household names who are on TV and radio. Why are so many
0: people business born business. under the sign of cancer? They,
6: they want to be business people. And uh but they say I don't want to handle the business. Well you want to go broke because it's the music business. It's the business of music. Uh so th- all of this is the same conversation. Like we just need to, to stop and get our hands around our
1: business, of our life. Yeah. Uh, look, so, when you complete the program, then what happens, John?
6: You graduate. Well, first of all, we get you two hours with an attorney, two hours with a with a with a uh, an accountant, two hours with a uh, business management firm. You you tell us what your weakness is, and we wrap a time bank commitment of one of our volunteer uh, commit firms and volunteer hours with us uh, uh, of professional firms. To, to, to help you with, the, with uh, the expertise side. And then we get you to a bank uh, that may want to give you a line of credit or whatever your need happens to be. Shopify actually will give you a line of credit based on your sales. So if you make a sale, they'll give you a line of credit for your second sale. You'll to you'll need a bank, and it doesn't require a credit score. So we meet you where you are. We give you a ladder up the process uh, so that you become, you know, self-reliant. And... Uh, that's. I mean, I could. I could talk more. I could make it more complicated. It's actually pretty simple. It's just no one's ever done it before. And we're also partnering with the Small Business Administration. I just talked to the administrator yesterday, Guzman, who's great. We're their. End, we're their primary engine for Black business creation at the SBA. So the SBA guaranteed loans, uh, which are a great vehicle that's unutilized, would also be a vehicle for those who sign up after we get you prepared. Once we get you prepared. You know there's a whole range
1: of folks who want to give you capital i'll tell you what hold that thought right there john we gotta take a quick break here check the traffic and weather again in the news in baltimore when we come back though you know people some people when they start contemplating going into business they get uh, their family or their friends hey man that's not gonna work we're wasting your time and and, and they're they're hoping hey, that on. you fail so if you can help us out because i know people are listening to you and they want to do what P- take up the offer that you, you've you provided this morning, but then they've got the naysayers. So uh, when we come back, just uh, close with telling us how to deal with the naysayers. Folks, you want to join this conversation with John Hope Bryant, reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Calls in four minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. In the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. Good morning, family. Minute after the top of the hour momentarily speaking with Brother Ashwa Kwasi. But if we do, we'll let John go, we've got, we got some folks got a tweet and the f- people are now starting to call, John. Uh, Brother Haki's on line one with a question for you real quick. Good morning, Brother Haki. You're on with John Hope Bryant.
8: Yes. Uh, good morning, uh, Mr. Bryant. Thank you, Carl, for having him um, on. I've uh, met you at the Power Networking Conference, and uh, actually, I... Uh, I did a training uh, to be like, uh, you know, one of your trainers where we teach financial literacy. I did that through, uh black professional men in Baltimore. And I was able to, you know, uh, teach some of your curriculum with some young people at a uh, school here in Baltimore. So you, you're doing some good, good work, but um, you know, real quick, I mean, you, you mentioned home, home ownership and that is essential, but you know, I, I, one of the things I got from a p m p at brother Dr. David Anderson, he said, "We spend too much time you know uh, instead of building our dreams, we paying down home mortgages and uh, and another one is you know these cars uh you know two two major expenses, and I know you know about about that, and for years, I never bought a new car. Uh, usually I get it between two two and a half years old. At the depreciation you know just recognizing that you know many people think that buying a new car uh, is like the way to go but also in terms of how can we you know eliminate this mortgage i mean he suggested you know tax sales um you know i think it, we we have to find ways to get money into our hands where we can build our own dreams so thank you very much
1: all right thanks brother hockey john
6: mm-hmm. You know, so it's like a really smart brother, by the way, and, and, and having one, one of him on every block would be okay. Um, so I, I agree and I disagree. I completely agree on 80% of what he said, and I 100% agree on not buying a new car. Uh, I supposedly am on the top 1% or 2% of this country, uh, you know, me and uh, uh, my wealth, separate from my operation, obviously. And I don't buy new cars. I I let somebody else pay for the depreciation, meaning that they buy it and I wait for a couple years two, three, four, five years. And then I go in and buy the car that has been well maintained, still with a warranty, other stuff, but it's much less than the purchase, uh, the original purchase price, uh, because cars are depreciating assets. Uh, But on mortgages, it's different. Uh, You actually want good debt. And please, everybody, listen to me. There is not a billionaire on the planet that did not use good debt to get there. Please listen to me. <laughs> the magic of finance is the magic of money. Uh, what you need is good debt, not bad debt. Don't finance jewelry. Don't finance a sporting ticket. Don't finance a vacation. Right, don't finance, you know, there's a lot of crazy stuff that we're financing. Don't finance don't, don't go buy a you know, a 300,000 dollar car or whatever or on, on a on a high interest rate loan, you'll kill you. Uh, but a mortgage on a house, but that that asset will go up in time if you buy the right. If you, if you buy it right, uh, and my team will help you buy it right. There is not a billionaire on the planet. There's not a growing. There's not a GDP. A country in gross domestic product, including our country, it doesn't have good debt. Our country has 33 trillion dollars of debt. Okay, but we're the we're also a third of the of the world economy. We're, you know, so it, it sort of correlates, right? So it, it's not there's just really a cost and an investment. So don't be afraid of debt. Be afraid of stupid debt. Uh, I, I, you can write off a mortgage, by the way. So I can't write off rent. I can't write it off. Again, we don't have time to go into this in great detail. But if you're paying a mortgage for 20 those 30 years, Carl, you're getting that money back in a tax refund at the end of the year because mortgage interest for 20 those 30 years is tax deductible. So you're actually getting the money back in your pocket. You don't get that when, you, when you're paying rent. So I cannot under, uh, underscore enough. Got, and then uh, home appreciation. Is, is, it, I bought a house. It's not a good analogy for the they have the audience. But it's, but, but it's still the point of the same. I bought a house after the pandemic, a, a, a vacation home in, in Turks and Caicos. Because um, I didn't want to go there and keep spending money. So I, w- I, let, I let it pay for, for itself because I rent it out when it's not there. Anyway, I paid $2 million for it. Carl, it's now worth $3.6 it, It's only been 18 months. I, I didn't do anything. I'm not a genius. It's just this, you know, supply and demand. And luckily, I was able to have enough promise to be able to buy it. And it's worth almost double. I, I couldn't do that with any other kind of investment. I mean, I could have a business, the smartest business in the world, and I couldn't do that. And I have a mortgage on it, and I, so I also write it off. So I want people to get their hands around good debt, right? And you can buy a home for $100,000, invest 20000 to rehab it, buy a home in the hood, buy, buy a home in the hood, rehab it, rent it. Do that three times, you'll have generational wealth. Live in one of the homes. By the way, Carl, our inner cities are going to be gold, uh, going to be gold mines in the next twenty years. Uh, An inner city in France is called Paris. An inner city in Europe, in, in UK, is called London. We're giving away our inner cities. You mentioned earlier before the break that you know people are buying our uh, our barbershops. They're going to buy our everything because they're gold mines. We 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 are we are coolness generators. We are we are. Market generators, we're just not market makers. An In inner city, centrally located real estate, Carl. Anacostia was a hood. Now it's where you know uh, uh, FEMA is headquartered. I mean, the Harlem was a hood. Now it's just Upper Manhattan. You know, South Central was a hood. Now it's just you know West Los Angeles and Southwest Los Angeles. We have got to understand we're sitting on gold mines.
4: McDonald's is not new to chicken.
1: Yeah, you know, and John, we're gonna let you go because I know you're busy, and all the calls are flooding in, and the text for questions for you. I guess folks are just figure, figure you out what you're all about. So we've got to do this again. But for the folks who want to get involved in the business, Astro, because I mentioned some people want to start businesses, but you know they got their, they're afraid to tell their friends and their family because hey, it's not gonna work, man, it's not gonna work. They, they, they're naysayers. So you know, how can they out. reach you? <laughs>
6: Carl, let's, let's deal with this for one minute. Let's deal with okay. this. Okay. To argue with a ar- fool, who there are, too. I mean, we need to knock it off. I mean, if you hang around nine broke people, I said it earlier, I want to say it again slowly. You hang around nine broke people, you'll be the tenth. Consider the source. There's an old Southern saying, Carl, no matter how much I love you, my son or my daughter, if I don't have wisdom, I can only give you my own ignorance. So out of love, we pass down bad habits from generation to generation. If you don't know better, you can't do better. Consider the source. If somebody who is hurt and angry and depressed is telling you not to start a business, and they say so they love you, they may not know what love is, but it's discouraging you is not it. And they don't have a, uh, they, they have no success to point to to tell you what to do or not to do. And they could be doing with the best of the intentions and still run you into a ditch. Ignore it. I go through life consciously oblivious of most things around me, Carl, because it doesn't matter. I just, I just. Just ignore the noise. Get it out your head. Everybody listening to this, listen to this. Eagles don't fly in packs. You've never seen a flock of eagles. But buzzers love packs. They're low-altitude birds, and they shoot at eagles. And turkeys got wings and can't fly. <laughs> they just profile it. This man on this radio program, Carl, has been doing this with perfection because he's focused. He's laser focused. And if somebody discouraged him, he ignored it. There's
1: your answer. Ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> true. That's so true, too. But, uh, John, how can folks reach you? they want to start a business? How do they reach you?
7: Yeah, 888-388-HOPE.
6: Uh, download the Hope in the Hand app on your Android or Apple phone. Uh, go to OperationHope.org. Type, go on to one or Follow me on all social media. I do videos every day. for free. free. Uh, that, you know, design to set you free. And then, you know, take the link on one of the videos and, just contact my people, going to like one of the Hope Inside locations right near you. We're all over the country. We're the Starbucks of financial inclusion, and we're the private banker for us. The services are free because I have them underwritten through my national budget.
1: So there's family, there's no excuse. You have a forum coming up. Tell us about that real quick.
6: Yeah, it's a, it is the Davos uh, for black and brown people. It is a meeting of the, of, of the big, large meeting for wealth creation and, the, and financial inclusion in the world. It's happening December 10th through 12th. I've got billionaires next to millionaires next to somebody trying to buy some air, <laughs> all in the same place. In, in the last in the last ballroom crawl where Dr. King and Andrew Young held their last staff meeting for the Poor People's Campaign before Dr. King was assassinated at the at the at the Hyatt Regency in Atlanta. So you can't get in because it's already oversubscribed, but you can watch it online for free. Uh, Roland Martin will be, will be streaming it. CNBC, Bloomberg, all these folks will be streaming it. You can go to this operational.org or hopeglobalforum.org and stream it from there.
1: All right. Thanks, John. F- thanks for the advice, yeah, and let's continue true. this conversation.
6: Peace and light. Thanks for all you do, my man.
1: You look kind of fire. Thank you, sir, Kind for those kind words. Ten minutes after the top of the hour, that was John Hope Bryant. All the folks out there who want to get into a business, start a business, check him out, please, because we need more black businesses. Speaking about black business, though, let's bring in our next guest, Hotel Brother Ashra Quasi. Welcome back to the program.
7: Hotel Brother
9: Carl, how you feel?
1: Excellent. How about you? How do you feel?
9: Well, I feel great. I'm rising like Ra the Sun to live again, brother. <laughs> so long as we're doing that, we're up. Yes, sir. Uh,
1: uh-huh. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, we, we, I want you to discuss for us the African origin of Christianity. We have the Faith Brothers here giving us the, uh, the Christian version of, of, of Christmas. So we need some help here, some balance here from you to give us the, you know, you can start by giving us the African origin of Christianity.
9: Uh, yes, sir. Well, Brother Carl, well, again, uh, here we are. Uh, from, well, first of all, I want to say, Santisana, many thanks for you because uh, for many years I've discussed this topic going all the way back to uh, Los Angeles when uh, you were on uh, KJLH back in the day. And uh, so we were always um, uh, made sure that you had me on here to make sure I talked about this uh, this topic. But after all, uh, can you imagine uh, Europeans or uh, white folks saying we're not going to celebrate Christmas uh, this year? We've got enough money from you for, that we don't have to celebrate. So, again, uh, it's equally we have to tell our story. And by telling our story, people become familiar with the story and understand how— uh christianity and the christmas holiday and how these things were plagiarized uh as your last speaker said that uh, we are uh, a very creative ingenious people and uh, when we look at that we have to go back to early spirituality that african people started thousands of years ago uh, long before western version of christianity was uh, even on the scene after all when we go back to the fallopian tube and i'm talking about the fallopian tube of africa and we're, i'm talking about the happy valley i'm talking about the Nile valley i'm talking about that 4000 approximately 200 miles in fact even longer than that cuz we got to include the Abayi coming out of the highlands of ethiopia here for countless thousands of years our ancestors from their empirical observation brother carl of mutnetchit okay that is now called in fact mother nature they observe spiritual ideas. They observe ideas coming from the cosmos, okay? And from that, they observe lunar events, okay? They observed solar events. They observed stellar events. And out of that, they told stories around different periods of the year. Like, for instance, right now, we're in the winter solstice, all right? And literally, the winter solstice is the birth of the sun. Uh, they're on the temples and the monuments uh, for many, many years now over 40 years and giving respect to my teacher, Dr. Yosef Benyakinen, who uh, I first met back in 1973 at Long Beach State, and I always tell the story because without him, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. And he gave a very powerful lecture on African spirituality and history and that I, at that time, never heard before, Brother Carl. In fact, I actually stopped Dr. Benyakinen and said, can you prove this? He said, young man, I can take you back to Africa and show you. That's the first time someone told me they could show me. So that was my dream. To return back to Africa. We're well, making that journey in 1981. Spent 14 years apprenticeship under him, and now, nonstop, with the exception of the COVID, uh, I returned back over 40 years now documenting on the books in stone when i would say books in stone and, and hold that thought right
1: there brother ques you gotta take a quick break and check the traffic and weather I want you get into the, the books in stone because now they're saying that they're using ai to decipher what was on these books in stone so i want you to talk about that <laughs> as well uh, yeah <laughs> 14 right. minutes after the top there okay. Ashra Quasi is our guest family call a couple of your friends and tell them he's on the radio they'll appreciate it and they'll thank you we're back in four minutes after the traffic and weather update right here in baltimore on 10 10 WOLB and also in the DMV on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, where information is power. And good morning once again, family. 20 minutes after the top of the hour, uh, Brother Ashwa Kwesi, the master teachers in the classroom this morning discussing the African origin of Christianity. Uh, Brother Kwesi, before we left for the traffic and weather update, we, you'll tell us about the, the, the words in stone. And I mentioned that artificial intelligence now claim they've deciphered what was, what's on those words. But I'll let you uh, explain to the audience what you mean when you said you discovered the words in stone uh, on a trip to uh, Egypt
9: well artificial intelligence that's what it is artificial because if they were to tell the truth what's on those temples then one would have to question even this holiday Uh, one would have to question uh, many uh, ideas that they see in christianity the birth of the jesus story and and all those things if uh, this uh AI was going to tell the truth about uh, was on the temples. In fact, you don't need AI. You can uh, go there and look at the reliefs and, and see the pictorial images and uh, pictograph pictures that our ancestors carved in stone. Uh, even though um, many of the invaders that came in, especially dealing with the Greeks uh, period and the Roman period and the Byzantine Roman period and the Arab period, they all came in and robbed from the temples, especially with the Greeks and Romans and uh, robbed the libraries and the great netterheads, and when I say netterhead, I mean divine houses, as they were referred to it as. as I refer to them as books in stone, because even though they stole all these papyruses, by the way, where even paper gets its name, and I've said on many occasions, and then they housed this in the Alexandria Library. We are, we know about this Alexandria Library, but they don't tell you uh, where they uh, took these uh, papyruses from, okay, to put in the Alexandria Library, which Alexander. The barbarian, who we are taught to call the great, when he came in and plundered uh, many of the temples and got Aristotle to to rob these uh, papyruses. So when we see that the Greeks were there for 300 years after Alexander's death. They built this library, okay, during the Ptolemaic period, and they were there for 300 years of Ptolemies. So here come the Romans for another 400 years, okay. Here come the Byzantine Romans, okay, for another 300 years. We're talking about over a thousand years, brother Carl. They have been studying ancient African Kemetic spirituality of the Nile Valley. And many concepts that we see especially at this time of christianity after all when we look at where's christianity getting its start from is getting a start in egypt which our ancestors referred to as kemet when kemet literally means black by the way okay it's carved on the temples at our show our brothers and sisters every year so this is where the, from those papyruses they studied these ideas so this whole ai okay if ai is going to tell the truth about the holy birth, the Immaculate Conception, and all the things that are going on right now, at this time of the year where people are mesmerized right now, frolicking out there trying to buy gifts, uh, all uh, based off of this birth of Jesus that I refer to as the Serapis Jesus, is because that is who they created. Now, of course, those of the faith, okay, will have eyebrow raising. Okay, after all, Jesus' name, he's, that name even itself is even Greek. But let's go to uh, Matthews, okay? Uh, why Matthews? Because the writing of many of these concepts is coming down by him. And Where is he writing it at? In Egypt. Why in Egypt? Because they're studying these ancient papyruses, okay? So what, what Matthews was studying is about an early holy birth. And what he is studying is about the early holy birth of Asar, excuse me, of uh, Haru, okay, his father being Asar. And in the Zeptepi or creation story, okay, this is long before Genesis. Here, Kemetic Africans created a creation story of the divine holy family, Asar, Aset, and Haru. And in that spiritual story, we see that there's evil, just like we get in the Hebrew story of Cain and Abel, and Cain kills Abel and goes out to the land of Nod. Already the story is all messed up, when he goes out to the land of Nod and finds a wife, and they, uh, Racist theologians will tell you that's the sub-Negroy race, but that's a whole nother story within itself. The fact of the matter is, is that African people created the first creation story. Here we see this black divinity, Asar, always shown as jet black. Aset is shown as jet black, showing their kemetic origins to the land of Africa. Now, this evil brother that Asar had, okay, who was jealous of Asar because he's a good man, okay. And because of uh, he was jealous of him, he got 72 conspirators, and I'm going through the story very quickly here. He got 72 conspirators to, to kill Assar. But in this spiritual story on the books in stone, let's go to the world's first holy city, is, uh, uh, Brother Carl. And here, I'm not speaking of Mecca, and I'm, talking, I'm not talking about Jerusalem, and definitely not talking about Rome. I'm talking about right there in Kemet, Aptu, who the heirs referred as Habidos, and there in a shrine called the, the, the uh, Petasoka Shrine, here we see a holy birth taking place here. Here we see a set has been impregnated by the spiritual seed of her husband, Asar. In fact, back in the early 80s, we see a set was on a donkey where they chiseled that out. As many other things that they chiseled out, especially during the time of Theodosius and Justinian in the 4th and 6th century AD, because they were plagiarizing from the temple, even though they robbed the papyruses, Carl. Here, the Kemetic Africans of the Nile Valley carved endlessly on the the temples, as though they knew that one day the story may not be told, but it would be told from what they wrote in the earliest language called the Meddunetjeri. Now, I know people who are listening. Some may not know some of the names that I'm referring to, but these temples are there. theirs. Nothing like it on the planet Earth, Brother Carl. Here we're talking about right there in the northeastern part of Africa, okay, right there in Africa that even gave birth to humanity, all right, even through their own anthropological science. But they don't want to accept that Africa gave birth to spirituality that led into religion that the Christian concepts that we see in Christianity was plagiarized from these books and stone. Now, let's go to the Temple of Aset, okay? There, it's now called the Temple of Isis. In fact, it was called Per Aset, okay? Dr. Cheikh the through his research, okay, informed us that even Per Aset, this is where the name Paris, France, even gets its name from Per Aset. When you look at that temple and look even at the architectural structure of the temple and and see the Western church even copied the uh, architectural structure of their Western church from the temples of the Netherheads of ancient Kemet. and here we see that in a possession that the Black Madonna asset would be taken from this temple, just like we see in Notre Dame. And I'll talk about in a minute how the Romans are the ones who brought the Black Madonna asset throughout their empire, but in this particular temple. We go to the Menmizi house. This is what's important. We can't tiptoe through the tulips through this, Carl. Many people who, who go there, many of the European tours and so forth who go there, they don't talk about these reliefs. And, and the guides don't take you there. Either they don't know about it or they don't want, they, want, they don't want to talk about it because they feel that it will offend the Europeans for the obvious that's on the temple. And what is the obvious here at this Menmizi house? Menmizi means birth house. Why is it referred to as the birth house? Because this is the birth of Haru, precisely at December the 25th. Here, now, in that story, we see that Set, the evil brother of Asar, feared that the son, who was born of Immaculate Conception and holy birth from the holy mother Aset, who was known as Theotokos, okay, or mat this is now called Theotokos or mother of God, here, she gives this birth, and fear that Set the evil brother would come and kill her son, so she goes and hides in the papyrus swamps. Okay, it's right there on the temple. There you see her in the papyrus swamps. There you see Tahuti, who is Tahuti. There would be like an angel, all right, that we would say today. Tahuti is the one that even gave the call that a Set would have a holy birth and immaculate conception. So I'm saying some things here that people are familiar with. We know that Jesus had to go hide from Herod. We know that Gabriel, the angel of the Lord, is the one that gave the call and said Mary would have a holy birth in Immaculate Conception as, as he appeared in the back room with Mary and told her that. Was that not taken from Tahuti, who said Aset would have this holy birth in Immaculate Conception? There on the temple of Aset, here we see that there are three spiritual netarus, okay, three divine entities. and here they have, they're holding up their palms, or their hands to the baby, to the holy child, okay? Showing their adoration for this holy child of this holy birth of Aset. Wait a minute. Is that something that we get from Epiphany? And the 12 days after Christmas, we see that the 12 wise men who came to bring gifts to this Jesus who was born of a holy birth, okay? Was that not plagiarized? After all, the story I'm talking about with Aset is thousands of years older than the European story. So when we look at one account after the other, we can see without question that these things were copied. But what the Kemetic Africans did, as I said from the very beginning, they observed cosmological events. They connected terrestrial and celestial scenes. Okay, This is important because by connecting the cosmos, they would keep that story alive for eternity. And how did they keep it alive for eternity? It's during this time of the winter solstice, this holy child who was called Kames Haru. Remember that word, Kames, means the spiritual birth of Haru, Kames. Okay. During the time of the winter solstice, this was the time of Ra Mes. Okay. Means the birth of the sun at December the 25th. Why on the temple do we see the spiritual Netaru's showing adoration to a star. This star they referred to as Subosipta. The Romans called it Ceres and the Greeks called it Sothis. Anyone can see it to this very day. It's becoming brighter in the sky as the sun descends down to the winter solstice. At December the 25th, it'll be the brightest star in the sky to this very day. I look at it in my backyard. Ancient Kemet saw when that star rose it told them it was the birth of the holy child, Haru. Now, does that sound familiar, Brother Carl? It sure does. Right. So that's the star that we see that the Magi, the three wise men who observed this star, that told them that it would be the birth of Jesus. Now, did Matthews, who after all is writing the story in Egypt, writing it from the papyruses that they were plagiarizing from, did he literally copy that story from ancient Kemet? As I said that Christianity has its start in North Africa it has its start in Egypt because Egypt has all of the spiritual ideas brother Carl where they have where they got these ideas from and each Netterhet had a spiritual story so let's go to the netherhet of Het I know people some people may not know these temples because we've been taught about the uh, the, the Vatican we've been taught about the uh, westminster abbey and notre dame okay and, and all these other european places okay we we don't know about the temples. some of us don't know about the temples that i'm talking about but they are there and they predate western churches mosques and synagogues by thousands of years okay by the way as i as i said before but going to, into this particular temple here Hetheru. Her zoop type
1: is a cow. I'll tell you what, hold that thought right there, Brother Quasey, because we're going to take another quick break and check the news, traffic, and weather for our folks on the roads this morning. I'll let you finish your thought, though, when you're getting back. Folks, you want to join this conversation, reach out to us at 800-450-7876. Or call up a couple of your friends and tell them that Ashra Kwesi on the radio and they need to hear some stuff that he's talking about this morning. We'll be back in four minutes, though, right here in Baltimore on 1010 WLB. In the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. W-O-L where information is power. And good morning once again, family. Uh, Twenty minutes away from the top of the hour with our guest, Brother Ashraf Kwasi. Um, by the way, Brother Ashraf Kwasi is going to be in the DMV. We're going to give you more information about that. It's going to be on Saturday, and he's going to be talking about this, and also he's going to bring evidence. He's going to bring uh, yes. slides and, and and show you graphic you know, reports of what he's talking about. So if those of you who are, who want more information, you can ask him directly. If those of you who want to ask him questions on the radio, you can ask him directly there. We'll give you more information about that, as I mentioned. But tomorrow's Friday, and we're going to give you another chance to free your mind join us on our open phone friday program you can begin expressing yourself at 6 a.m eastern time right here in baltimore on ten ten WOLB, wlb and also in the dmv rolling on fm 95.9 and am 1450 wol so brother question let you finish your thought
9: yes well again we want to thank dr baruch for having this community is coming up uh, this saturday on december 9th As uh, you mentioned, Brother Carl, yes, I will come with the evidence with visual documentation with 40 years of my life researching the monuments uh, and temples. Uh, But as I was saying, that, again, when we first started off with AI, so uh, some of the things I've been talking about, uh, AI revealed the information that I'm talking about, all right, because then one would have to question their belief, okay? They would have to question that these ideas were plagiarized from ancient African Kemetic temples of the Nile Valley, Uh, We as an African people are deeply spiritual people, and these these spiritual concepts came up out of our ancestors thousands of years ago, Brother Carl. It did not start in Europe. It did not start with someone else. Okay, it's just unfortunate that we have now been—they have circumscribed us, to think, within their time period of only 2,000 years. So this is where our circumference is at, and this is the gravitational pull of white supremacy that holds us to that 2,000 years of history as though nothing else happened. But without African people, what we see around this holiday of uh, Christmas and all these things are going on with many of our people out there frolicking and unfortunately maxing out their credit cards. And uh, many people are getting uh, depressed because they don't have enough money to buy that gift and so forth that I'll talk about uh, in a few minutes. But as our brother was talking about business, so we look at the uh, billions of dollars that we're going to spend just for this holiday. How many businesses can come out of
4: that?
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
9: But back to what I was saying. So again, as I was talking about these netherheads or divine houses as they were referred to as, in fact, this is the temples represented the, uh, the, the spiritual deity or God, okay, as referred to today, house on earth. This is the idea that we see the Western church get God's house on earth, okay? This is God's house or the church, synagogue, mosque, and so forth. But this particular temple, Hetheru, this is a very important place because here the zoop type of Hetheru is a cow. She also has an African goddess face, okay? And she this is important because she's the surrogate mother for this holy child. Now, many Europeans have uh, got upset over the tour books about this temple, the tour books that are sold there. Now, what are they upset about, all right? Uh, in fact, they have taken the older books out of circulation because the Europeans felt offended by the information was in there. But when we come, I said, keep those old books. If you want us to buy the books, you've got to have the old ones. So they make sure they have the old ones when my group comes there. But in that book, it talks about Haru, born in this chapel, that I take our group's where he's born in this holy place at December the 25th, and it talks about in the book how the holy child, the Kames Haru, was born at this time, at December the 25th, and then they talk about how it's a curious resemblance to the Christian festival of Christmas. Yes, they plagiarized it, Oh, they, the idea from there. So now, her zoop type is the cow. Now, one got to ask, when you look at the Yuletide or the picture. And the pictorial images that they've got us into worshiping these European images that I refer to as white idolatry or the worship of white images. And in there, you see the Mary, okay, with the sun behind her head. You see this European image of this Serapis Jesus I'm referring to as because it's Serapis that uh, I'll talk about in a second, who they actually created behind his head at December the 25th and always a star above his head because that's the birth of the, the sun at the hillock rising of that particular star during that time. But there are also there's another image in that picture of the Yotai. There's a cow in that picture. Now, why is that cow in that picture? Now, of course, if nobody knows anything about what I'm talking about, he is look at this cow. If you see the uh, animals in Kemet, Europeans refer to it as animal worship. It had nothing to do with animal worship. Okay, it's a zoop type, just no more than Jesus represented as a fish on people's cars and a ram or a lamb or and or uh, lions or whatever. Okay, lion of Judo with all the other pictures that they show the zoop types for Jesus. But here, that cow in the manger is hetarou. That's who that is. When they were plagiarizing the ideas and taking the stories, Het-Haru is the surrogate mother. That's why the cow is next to that European Jesus, because that represents Het-Haru. I show the visual documentation is everything that I'm talking about and a lot more that I'm going to show in the lecture coming up this Saturday. So brothers and sisters can see where these things were literally plagiarized and corrupted Okay, from ancient African spirituality that goes back thousands of years ago. Now, the the name for Heteru was called Murray. The Medunetcher symbol for Murray is like an A turned sideways with two feathers. This is the ancient language of ancient Kemet called the Medunetcher that the Greeks referred to as the hieroglyphics, oldest language on the planet Earth, where they carved endlessly on the monuments and temples. In fact, in some cases. You can take your hand and stick it 10 inches up into the Medunetjer, because they did not want it to be erased, okay, and it's still there. So Murray, translated, means Murray, means love, means love. Now, at the Conference of Ephesus in 431 AD, where they de-Africanized this African goddess, Aset, okay, and her holy child, Haru, okay, did they take from the term, the Meduneture Murray, to make Mary, that means love? Hmm. Where these ideas came from? And then we see these images that they have given us, and we are told that this is the mother of God. All right? And, and many of us have been brainwashed into that. Well, first of all, these Europeans worshipped set. Okay? When they first came in with the Greeks and the Romans... They all worshipped her. In fact, when the Romans came on the scene, they built temples to honor her, even though they called her by the Greek name Isis at this particular time. And they have, to this very day, you have temples in Rome dedicated to her. In fact, there's a temple called the Herculaneum, worship of the goddess Aset, okay, or the goddess Isis, as they refer to her as. The Romans took her out throughout their empire, the Holy Mother, the Holy Child. They took her to uh, France, all right, called Gaul during that time. They took her to Britain, called Britannia. They took her to Germany, okay. Uh, uh, well, it wasn't called Germany then, but Germania, okay, It is now called Germany. So when one goes to Europe to this very day, you see these black Madonnas all over the place, okay. And even though they call her Mary, which is the comedic name, Murray, that means love that they corrupted, okay, to make this Mary, she still remained black because... She is the original black, man, black Madonna that they plagiarized, and the Holy Child, you see her with the child on her lap, lactating the, uh, the, the image of the baby, who they refer to as Jesus. When, in fact, that's a copy from Haru, with a set lactating her Holy Child. On the Temple of Aset. why is it in the 4th and 6th century AD, when we see the Byzantine Romans at this time are in control now? Why did they frantically, Carl, try to do everything to try to chisel her out from the temple? Even though they tried to chisel her out, you can still see the print of a set with her holy child in her lap, still there. All right, they were frantically trying to chisel it out because they knew they were copying, they were plagiarizing, and didn't want the world to know. And they shut the temples down. Okay. Uh, Even before shutting the temples down, they killed a group of people. Who understood the African spirituality that they were plagiarizing this from, and they were called the Gnostics. The Gnostics were known as the Knowers of the Spiritual Truth. They they understood that this was the African Kemetic spirituality. Okay, that the the uh, Romans were copying these ideas from, so they feared them, because if you're stealing, you don't want anyone who knows who has the evidence to be around. So they started to persecute them, and they murdered all of them. In fact, some may know Cyprian. Okay? Cyprian was an African Gnostic who they cut off his head Okay, during this time, even though the North African Church was formulated around the early African Kemetic spiritual mystery system. We're talking about the North African Church in the Maghreb region. We're talking about Carthage. We're talking about Egypt, as I said before, where it started from. So even when preachers are talking, some preachers, some preachers know, a lot of preachers don't know. Why can't they give the African evidence of Christianity that goes back to the African spirituality, Brother Carl, to understand what this is all about? And it's sad because these things are extremely important, especially at this time of the year, because we are caught in white idolatry. All these these images, black folks have been brainwashed to think that these things are real this white mary and this white jesus and and uh the three white guys they call the magi our ancestors saw this was based off of a, uh, a cosmic astrotheology or stories that were taken from the cosmos okay like i said before haru personified the sun at december the 25th on the temple you see the neteru's giving adoration to the, the, that star okay subosipta called ceres but at the same time there was a constellation that rose that you can still see at December the 25th it's is coming up right now and that's the constellation of orion orion represented the spiritual father of haru and that is Asar. and there are three stars in his uh in his belt cometic name called Ana alnitak and Precisely at December twenty fifth, this still happens, those three stars point directly to that star, giving they told our ancestors that Haru would be born of a holy birth. So they took those that idea and put it in human form with the spiritual netarus, as I've mentioned before of the Epiphany is called today, of the three the three wise men. Okay, or the Three Kings, as they also refer to it as. The Three Kings Day, in fact, they refer to it as. Literally copied that spiritual idea. We are the first people that observed the cosmos for thousands of years. When I was lost in the Sudan with Dr. Ben back in the 80s, one beautiful thing about that event, the stars were hung there like light bulbs. That told me that we were the first astrophysicists, and we took these spiritual stories, Brother Carl, and brought them down to Earth because the spiritual story would last for eternity. During the time of the winter solstice, it would be the, the birth of the sun, which the star system series would rise. The three stars in Orion's belt that pointed to that star that gave them an indication. The Europeans copied that, and then it becomes the three wise men okay, that equally pointed to that star. Also, we see why is it that you have Mary with the sun behind her head, you have the European Jesus with the sun behind their head, because that's what it is, The, the sun that they took and put their images in it for white idolatry, for us to worship their images. So in the process, it took away our black divinity, and by taking away our black divinity, we have not been able to see our own innate natural spirituality that we created this. Okay, and from that white idolatry, this is what we've been brainwashed with to this very day with stained glass windows with a Serapis Jesus. And what I mean by Serapis, because Serapis is with the Greeks who took the throne of Kemet and wanted to rule on the throne of Kemet, and they took Asar and formulated him into this character called Serapis. So Asar, who is jet black, then they made Serapis white. Okay, literally, and then took many of the ideas and concepts that I've been talking about. Now, were there people out there fighting the Romans? Yes, there were. Okay, these were called the Gnostic. These were the Gnostics who rose up their car, their spirit. The idea of the Christ, okay, had nothing to do with the European white Jesus. Okay, that was taken from a spiritual idea that our ancestors called the Ka, that the Gnostics called the Kares, and the Romans called the Christ. We all have a Ka or spirit within us, and those who rose up against the tyranny of the Romans at that time rose up their Ka to fight the Romans at that time. Right. And hold that
1: thought right there, uh, Brother Kwesi. We've got to take another quick break here and check the traffic and weather for our commuters this morning. Brother Nkosi in Chicago also has a question for you. But We'll come back and let you finish up six minutes away from the top of the hour, family. We're back in four minutes with Brother Ashwa Kwesi right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB and the DMV. We're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450. WOL, we information his power and again family minute after the top of the hour, the master teachers in the classroom this morning his name is Ashwa Queshi I'm sure you've heard about him but you probably haven't heard some of the stuff he's been talking about you know yesterday we had a conversation with the Faith Brothers they even mentioned Iris and Horace but still they into the other side of, of Christmas and, and brother Queshi is gonna break that down for us as well also we're gonna speak with brother Nkosi Connor in Chicago but before we go to all that brother Queshi I'm gonna let you finish your thought
9: where I was talking about the early Gnostics who understood they were the conduits, so to say, who were draw who drew the information, the spiritual comedic information that our ancestors told for thousands of years, but at the same time, the Romans knew that they knew where the truth came from, so they they started to exterminate all of them, as I was saying at that time the the Gnostics understood the Kames Haru. It was about the spiritual birth of Heru and the Romans who were changing this over. But it was the Conference of Nicaea in 325 A.D., the Constantine, where they started to formulate the Western version of Christianity on these these ecumenical conferences that they got together and started to uh, literally start a new world religion at that time. Now, keep in mind that uh, Constantine, he's the one who started to observe or use the uh, the holiday uh, for Christmas at this particular time. But even if you look at the word Christmas, I've been talking about Haru, who was called Ka Mes Haru, means the spiritual birth of Haru. Okay, the Ka meaning the spirit of Haru, this divine birth would take place. And if you go to Bible dictionary, they'll tell you, that the first mention of its observance was in fact during the time of constantine in 325 a.d but so but the but at the same time they can't give you the origin of this name but the Ka the the ka Mes haru that is the birth of haru that later becomes christmas as i said the nazis called the car ka, caress and the romans called it christ so when we turn back the pages of time here we're an ancient people We're not talking about a time period of 2,000 years. We're talking about thousands of years ago. Naturally, we're an innate spiritual people, very creative people to this very day, and even thousands of years ago. And now everything that we're drawing from is from Europe. Even the holiday itself, okay, when you look at these images right here in my neighborhood, okay, I have a school right down the street It's sad to see little black children walking to school with these black folks with all these little plastic uh, white babies, okay, in the yard, And they're told that that's the Son of God. And then you got the uh, European uh, uh, Mary and uh, Joseph, and they say this is the Holy Family. That's sad. So here we see, again, the spiritual enslavement is starting even at their age. Or the other guy down the street, they've got a big Santa Claus, bigger than his house down there, okay, from all places, the North Pole. So you got this Neanderthal from the North Pole and got our children into this guy. OK, and even the climate, Brother Carl, we've even taught that even deify the climate, icicles and everything else. As I've said before, we had an ice storm here. Some people died, OK, from hypothermia. OK, uh, you know, Texas City could supply the power and couldn't supply the power, OK, to everybody. And here, uh, Mary Ra and I, you know, we almost died from hypothermia, OK, almost froze here. But, you know, when the holiday came. And even though that ice, uh, okay, affected all these black folks throughout Texas, they still put up icicles. You would think that would be the last thing that they would want to do. But we've been brainwashed to worship even the climate where Europeans came from. We're a Sun sunbelt people, Brother Carl. Okay, so why should we worship the Sun? And when I'm in um, uh, Ethiopia, you've got this Santa Claus image. When I'm in also uh, even in Egypt. In December, they got a Santa Claus up there. So Europeans pushed this culture to indoctrinate them into their culture so the people know what's going on. And that's why a lot of people are fighting against it. But a lot of this came during the time when the Romans, during the time when they corrupted the ancient African spirituality and formulating their version of Christianity. Like I said, it started the Conference of Nicene in 325 A.D. When they were bringing this to the dramatic tribes, this is during the time of the Byzantine period. And they were trying to convert the Germans at this time, the Byzantines, Okay, uh, I mean, uh, Germania rather, not uh, Britain, but, uh, the, and also them as well. And, but the problem that they had with these dramatic tribes is that they wanted to hold on to their custom, all right? And when the, uh, the Byzantine Romans were trying to convert them, and one of their customs, Brother Carl, was the pine tree, because all of nature became barren but that pine tree. So they worshipped that tree. They bowed down to that tree. And the very names of the week are named after dramatic tribes, whether that's Monday, that came from the dramatic tribe, a, a term of their god a Moon Day, okay, Tua for Tua, uh, uh, Tuesday for Tua, Wednesday for Woden, Thursday for Thor, and the mother is Freya, and Saturday is Satanilia. that goes back to Rome I'll talk about it in a second. So when black folks get their pine tree. And now we see they put gifts up under that tree and deck it with all type of uh, ornaments and so forth, because the Germans brought that here in the 1840s. Prior to that, America didn't have the pine tree. It was a German custom. They brought it here, and now they got everybody bowing down to that tree because in order to get your gift, you got to bow down to that tree to get your gift, and that's what. But at the same time, they want to say. When it's referring to African spirituality, they want to call it pagan and heathen and all these negative connotations. But at the same time, then, they should go to Jeremiah, chapter 10, verse 2 and 6. And it says, learn not the way of the heathen. Well, first of all, heathen is a German term, okay? It means heathen or one who's uncivilized. Because when the Romans were going to Germania, these were uncivilized people, barbarians. Kemet was not uncivilized. It was not the land of heathens. This is where the Romans and the Greeks equally came in to become civilized from that spiritual land of ancient Kemet, where they corrupted and stole many spiritual ideas into making a Western version of Christianity. But it says in that book, okay, in Jeremiah, for the custom of the people are in vain, for one of the uh, tree out of the forest, talking about the dramatic tribes with the axe, and they deck it with silver and gold. Now, that's right there in the Bible. And people say they go by the Bible. Well, there it is right there, because... At this time, they're referring to the dramatic tribes at this time. Now, in Rome, they had Satanilia, okay? That's where Saturday's named after, okay? Because at one time, the people who worship Satanilia during the time when the uh, Byzantine Christians were coming along, and they were trying to convert some of the people, and they, they wanted to hold on to Satanilia uh, during this time. And this is during the time when many of the Christians, were, by the way, were referred to as Caesar's Christians. Okay, they were called Caesar's Christians because they did not murder the Christians at this time of the year going to winter solstice. But also in Greece, he was called Cronus. Now what Cronus did, he ate his babies, Brother Carl. He didn't, he didn't bring him gifts. And he's an old white guy. Anyone can go to their phones and look up Cronus and you'll see Cronus eating his baby. The blood is running down the baby, okay? So once we look at the symbols, But the the stories are in the symbols if we know the symbol, if we understand where the original story came from. So one's got to ask, why do you have this elf always attached to a candy cane? And why is the candy cane red, okay, going down and white? Is that the blood that's flowing down the baby that we see with Cronus, and anyone can go to their phones and look up Cronus and see him eating his babies? This becomes Santa Claus during this time? And when you look at the evolution and the history of even Santa Claus, is a name uh, that was a corruption from a, a St. Nicholas or a Roman Catholic bishop. And so St. Nicholas, he was a uh, Myra saint honored by the Greeks and the Latin as the 6th of December because we see the Orthodox celebrated on the 6th of, the, uh, of December. But Santa Claus' nickname is called St. Nick. Now, I find that interesting, Brother Carl, that in Webster's, another name for St. Nick— Is the devil. So it must be a devil holiday that we're celebrating when you got people running around in Black Friday, okay, trampling each other down, okay, with the multinationals who are laughing, all right, who will make billions of dollars at this time, with black folks trying to buy everything imaginable to get out there at this time. That's all you hear out there. And I know it's rough. All right. Because we were we were raised with these things. OK, I mean, when I was a child, yes. Well, I mean, you know, you got the gifts. You were into that Santa Claus and all these things. And even now you go in the store and that King Cole is playing. So it's a meltdown on us. And the sad thing is that after this day is uh, this holiday is blown over here, we see black folks depressed, uh, maxed out their credit cards in debt for the next five years for all the things that they had they took and struggled to spend money uh, on all these different gifts and so forth. So I say all these things so we can have an understanding, Brother Carl, at least understand that it was based off of a deep spiritual story that our ancestors told around the birth of Ramest, or the birth of the sun. And there, that ancient story, the Kames Haru, the spiritual birth of Haru, our ancestors created this. But unfortunately, we are right now in spiritual enslavement. And spiritual enslavement is when the enemy became the deity in the spiritual subconscious of our mind. So, of course, with me talking about something like this during this time of the year, even on the plantation, this was the best time of the year on the plantation because it was the time that we didn't have to be out there slaving in the fields. At the same time, we see that nothing has really changed from that time to this time when you take in consideration that we are reaping nothing out of this. Especially economically, but losing a lot of our money. So, the presentation that I'm coming with is for people to think, not to believe in what I'm saying. After all, I'm coming with the visual documentation that took me over 40 years to document, and I'm showing the evidence from the reliefs and the books in stone, and you can see it for yourself. So, we can have a deeper spiritual understanding and not get trapped in white idolatry and worshiping Europeans. And uh, white images where they have us at right now, which I refer to as white idolatry. Many of these ideas that we see, this on the monuments and temples carved in stone, when we see ideas, Sarah, the Son of God, that's in the ancient Medunature. When we look at, like I said before, love, Murray, that's coming from African people. We're a naturally innate spiritual people. Europeans created nothing related to spirituality. All right, these were the barbarians coming from the north. I know this is hard. In fact, in some of the do- their own history documentaries, they say, it is, they say it themselves. So when we open up this program, and you said AI is going to reveal this from the temples, well, I want to see if AI reveals everything that I'm talking about and equally that I have witnessed on these temples. Because if they uh, reveal that, then... This holiday of European Christianity, of Christmas, would not be able to stand. People would not be able to believe in what they've been brainwashed to believe, Brother Carl.
4: McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on at crispy, Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing.
1: All right, hold that thought right there. Gotta take another quick break and check the traffic and weather in our different cities. Our guest is the master teacher, Brother Ashraf Kwesi, giving us a history on There's the African of origin story, of crystallized. Oh, I haven't
9: mastered them all.
1: <laughs> yes sir being quite modest as well 800-450-7876 you got a question reach out to us we'll take your phone calls in 4 minutes right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB and the DMV we on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 WOL where information is power <laughs> And good morning once again, family. Twenty minutes after the top of the hour with Brother Ashwa Kwesi We're discussing the African origin of Christianity. Brother Quasi got some folks got questions for you, but we got this tweet early. Whoa, oh, the tweet just 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 disappeared. So let me see if I can uh, find it back for you from one of our listeners in in London. I'll tell you what. Uh, let's let's take let's go to JP oh, in DC. Way,
9: way, since you said London and the person yeah. lives in London, they need to do the research on the name London. In fact, London came to Latonia. Okay, Latonia. There was a temple there dedicated to Aset, where the Romans built that there when they at that time went into Britannia. So London's even this very name was named after after Aset. Just like when they went into Gaul, we see that the Notre Dame and the, and the name Paris is named after per Asset. So when you said London, immediately that's uh, Latonia came up to my mind. That's how London gets its name after that African goddess Asset.
1: All right, here's, I found a tweet. Here's a tweet. The tweeter from London says some European scholars connect European languages to ancient Sanskrit languages and European Christianity to Hinduism. Is there a relationship between Hinduism and the teachings emanating from Kemet? If so, what came first?
9: Well, first of all, Hindu the Hindu religion is thousands of years after Kemet. When Many of the invasions were coming into Kemet during the time, like the Assyrians, and they were kidnapping the, uh, the uh, Kemetic African priests and carried them to the east. This is how the Hindu religion developed. So when you look at the Hindu religion and look at Krishna, all right, and here we see Krishna and uh, also his, uh, his uh, mother, Myra, I think is her name. Yeah, here, the, the, the Madonna and Child, how did it get there? All right. The priest, the ancient head priest of Kemet carried it there, whether we're looking at Buddha Buddha equally, that same story, we see the story of the, of the mother and child with Buddha, all right? But we're talking about, this is around 600, 600 BC, all right? The Kemet is thousands of years old. So this is how the Krishna religion uh, developed. This is how the Buddha's uh, religion developed, all from ancient African Kemetic spiritual systems that predate that by thousands of years. When we're talking about the Sanskrit, you can't, the Sanskrit does not predate the Medunetra, all right. So the Nile the Valley is the Fallopian tube. But every time we think, we've been taught and brainwashed to think outside of Africa. All right, because we have not ta- we have been, not been taught about the spiritual ideas and creativity of uh, and great monuments and temples that are still on the African continent. We have not been taught about those. So when we think of things, we can only think about outside of Africa. Okay, what I've been talking about has been inside of Africa. We're talking about the beginning of that fallopian tube. As I started with, even humanity itself wouldn't be on the planet if it was not for African people, like the leakies who let it all leak out that African people were the first people on the planet Earth. All right, so what were were we doing? Just wandering around, okay, waiting for uh, the Krishna, Buddha, Islam, Judaism, Christianity. Where we just, when are they going to come and teach us about God? We're the first people on the planet Earth. We're observing these natural innate forces of Mother Nature, to mother nature. and we're observing and connecting terrestrial and celestial events and, and seeing these cosmic forces that we brought them down into anthropomorphic or human form, that Europeans copied it and put themselves in the picture. When you're looking at the Tide, you're looking at cosmology, that Europeans put themselves to deify them and brainwash us that this is a real thing as Dr. Clark, peace be upon him, as he said, they colonized the afterlife. So in the minds of our people, we think white folks in control of the afterlife, too.
1: All right, this that answers that question.
9: Birth, in fact, the virgin birth story, when, when it was told in Kemet, okay, of Sara Set in Haru and Aset being the Holy Mother, that story was passed down through the millenniums, even in Kemet. So every Nisu who took the throne symbolically was born of a holy birth. His mother represented a set. In fact, there is a queen named Makari Kanumit Ma'at-Gara Hatshepsut. She has a beautiful temple called Zetzret Zetsru, that means the most select and holier places. Her architect, Sinmut literally carved that right out of a mountain, showing the science of architectonics. But was in that temple that a lot of groups don't go, I take our group, and there's the birthing colonnade Makari Hatshepsut, where she's born of a holy birth in Immaculate Conception. Even in the Torah book, it talks about it. And it talks about how, again, Tahuti gives the call, okay, to her mother queen almost, that she's going to have a holy birth and this will be a holy child, Makkari Hatshepsut. So they're keeping with the tradition because here Amun is upset because the Nisus are mar- marrying foreign women on the throne. He wants a pure solar child. Let's go to the temple of ipet Rasut, adjacent to the great temple of Amen, uh, Ipet-Asut, still the greatest temple on the planet Earth. But this temple here, that now called Luxor, there you can see where the Romans, Byzantine Romans, plastered over Amenhotep III of the 18th dynasty over 3,000 years ago. Why did they do that? Now you see the plaster falling off. And they recently repainted it to bring out the Roman faces to make future generations think that these are the people who were on the temple. And you can see where they literally painted that right on the temple. But they covered up Amenhotep III, Brother Carl, because here, again, he's following the tradition of a holy birth. Because he equally had to have this, uh, to, to be born of a holy birth to rule the throne of ancient Kemet. He is also called the Neb-Kadu, Lord King of Kings. His name starts with Sarah, son of God. And here we see the III. He's born of a holy birth from his mother, Matamuya. And here again, Tahuti comes and gives the call that she's going to have a holy birth in Immaculate Conception. So the story is told over and over again. But it starts with Asar, Aset, and Haru and was passed down through the millennia for Thousands of years before the Western world was even on the scene. So when the Europeans came on the scene, they had everything there on those books in stone to make up their story, which is a plagiarized and for white idolatry to deify themselves. And through the deification of themselves and creating white idolatry for black folks to worship them, we lost our own black divinity. We lost our own black deity, our own black god spiritual concept. After all, when the Europeans came into these portettas or tombs of eternity, like the Valley of the Kings, which is a thousand years after the Mers, that the Greeks called the pyramids, there you see the beautiful black divinity on the temple. There you see the idea of the kames, or the spiritual birth. Later, the Romans copied that, and now it's called Christmas, all right? There you see the ideas that the Europeans knew that they had to now take away this black divinity, now demonize this black divinity, start with our children at a very early age, call it a devil's food cake. Everything negative becomes black. So today... Through that spiritual enslavement, not recognizing that black divinity, why do our babies shoot each other down in the street? Huh? Because they've been taught to hate themselves and not recognize their own black divinity, Brother Carl, that the Europeans created. So they created a system for us to create genocide even on ourselves. Okay. Now, here you got black folks. I live in a black neighborhood. Brother got bars up on his door and his window, but he got a white family down in his yard. Nobody's going to steal that. Because they've been brainwashed that that's the holy family, all right, through this white idolatry and worshiping these white images. You walk in that church and you see that white Seraphis Jesus up there, you see white angels up there, and here your babies are in that church. And they don't even see their own divinity and their own black representation. That is spiritual enslavement back to what I said, when the enemy becomes the deity and the spiritual subconscious of our mind. That means that this is the worst form of enslavement. All right, Brother Carl, so I have to be strong with this for us to understand, especially what we're going through right now, because this is the epitome of white supremacy right now, right now. The TVs are blasting, the stores are blasting, images and all kinds of Christmas trees and caveman Santa Claus running around, all right? White Jesus, they call the son of God, the white Mary, the mother of God. Here, our mothers gave birth to us. She took her beautiful black breasts and fed us. And now you've got Negroes running around here, some preachers, saying that this is the mother of God. And his mother gave birth to him. Our ancestors understood this was a spiritual idea. And we took it around the world, or in some cases when the invasions came in and kidnapped the priest, they carried it around the world. But it starts deep in the fallopian tube of the Nile Valley. It goes back thousands of years. And all we have to do, is now unlocked that which is still in us, that's dormant, that's still in us, and that's our own natural innate black spirituality. Some people I've heard say it ain't about black, but what it's about if it's not about black? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? You see your own black self, your own black divinity, brother Carl. This is what we when what we see the idea that we say amen at the end of our prayers. The greatest temple on the planet Earth dedicated to amen, amen, ipit is now called karnak and we have no idea that we even end our prayers we're into with a black god that the greeks called zeus Amon, the romans called uh jupiter Ammon, the byzantine romans dropped zeus and jupiter and just said Ammon, the invisible spirit in all of us the invisible spirit that permeates throughout all the universe but at the same time when you go to timothy Right there, chapter 6, verse 16, it still talks about whom no man has seen or can see to honor, be the honor and everlasting power. Amen. And now physicists are talking about dark matter and visible energy. We took and anthropomorphized this in a human form, the jet black god. All right? So how is it that we are into a white god? white Jesus, because we've been brainwashed, we've been indoctrinated, and that's why this is the epitome of it right now, and it's sad that you see us out here now running to the liquor stores, getting that Christian Brothers and Blue Nun and drunk and everything else, okay? I mean, I guess you would be drunk when you consider what has happened to our our mind in uh, in this whole process. I know I had to go through a spree right there, Brother Carl, but... Yeah, hey, no, pro- no problem. No problem. We
1: we, on. <laughs> we needed to hear it. Twenty nine away from the top. There, Nkosi's joining us. He's on line four. I think he's in Chicago, brother Nkosi, Good morning. You're on with brother Ashra Kwesi.
7: I'm Jumbo Brothers. Um, Jumbo. I uh, originally wanted to ask uh, a question about the the movement of the earth, but I'll the movement with of God, the earth, which is Christianity, and okay. Uh, there seems to be some phonetic confusion. Uh, are we talking about confusion. architectonics or something? Tectonics.
9: No, go ahead. What are you saying, brother?
7: There seems to be some phonetic confusion uh, that has been uh, derived from the reinterpretations of, of what we originally stated. Uh, well, that's what the I've been saying time. in this whole
9: program. They've been plagiarizing many spiritual ideas and corrupted it into what it is going on right now.
7: Right. The world is gone. The sun so was called Ra. Uh, the sun was
9: called Ra. Okay, in fact, right. at this time it was called Ramesh. So the birth of Ra, is December the twenty fifth, that we're going into at the end of the month.
7: Right, but they applied the term "the sun" phonetically to uh, Serapis or Jesus, as they call him.
9: Uh, I did. I I was did wondering real quickly what, earlier, Well
7: you could, you could uh, tell us that would we'll clear up the concept of the sun and the. sun. <laughs>
1: Well, right, again, I yeah, I, hold that thought. I'll hold your response there, Brother Quacey, because we, we got to take a short break here. We're going to take our last look at the news, traffic, and weather. And let me just mention that, Brother Quacey, if you're in the DMV, a lot of you say you do not get a chance to see our scholars when they're here. You didn't get to see Dr. Ben. You didn't even get to see Dr. Welson. Well, uh, Brother Quacey is going to be in the DMV. He's going to be at E-Life restaurant. That's 9033 Central Avenue in Cap Heights. Is going to be there Saturday. Uh, that's Saturday, December 9th at 6 o'clock. So you don't have no excuse. And all the stuff that we discussing the other day. He's gonna come with proof. So those of you who need a, a tangible proof to see it, it'll be on the walls at e-life restaurant. That's again that's Saturday at nine o'clock. Saturday December 9th, pardon me, at six o'clock you'll be there. But let's take this quick break, our last break, check the latest in the news, traffic and we'll be back with your response to Brother Nkosi's question right here in four minutes in Baltimore on 1010, WOLB and the DMV run FM ninety five point nine and AM 1450 W O L information is power. Good morning, family. 20 minutes away from the top of the hour with our guest, Ashraf Kwesi. And before we go, uh, he's going to tell us where he's going to be, and, ha- and he always takes tours to Kemet, to Egypt. He'll also tell you how you can get more information about that. But let me remind you that tomorrow is Friday, which you all know, so we're going to give you another chance to free your mind and think for yourself. Reach out to us in our Open Phone Friday program. You can start expressing yourself at 6 a.m. Eastern time right here in Baltimore on 1010 WOLB. Also in the DMV, we're on FM 95.9 and AM 1450 W-O-L. So, Brother Quix, if you can show up on the answers, i pre- really appreciate it because a bunch of folks got questions okay. for you. And, uh, and Brother Nkosi's question about the, the corruption of the, the S-U-N and S-O-N. That was his question.
9: Right. Well, again, well, our ancestors referred to the sun as Ra. As I started off with Ra Mess is the birth of the sun at this time. And then uh, Ka Kames Haru was personified as the son. But it's interesting, like I said before, like Christianity started in, in Egypt, they're plagiarizing from the papyrus, going through this very quickly here. So when we see ideas in the Bible, we can see how these things came about. Like, for instance, he spoke of the son. Well, when you go to Psalms chapter 84, verse 11, it's for the Lord God is a son. It doesn't say S-O-N, it says S-U-N. Okay, now, Let's look and see that in Kemet, it was called Neb-Ra, okay? Neb was Lord. So even the Lord was the symbol for the Medunetra, for Lord was like a bowl. And then the Haru was always on the bowl because he's born of Ra. He became personified as Ra. So all the Nisus are kings. When you look at the Medunetra Shanus on the temples and the monuments carved in stone, you'll see his his name starts with Sa-Ra, Okay. That means he's Ra, he's, he's the son of Ra, he's the son of God. So when you look in the Bible and it says the Lord God is a son, was that not taken from Sa-Ra, okay? Was that not taken from the spiritual idea that later becomes the son of God? So again, we have to translate and we're turning about uh, uh, thousands of uh, years of uh, pages of time, but the temples and the mimas is now referred to as the books in stone, the the portettas, the temples of eternity. There are ancestors carved endlessly on the mimas and temples where others came and plagiarized, and we can see the evidence there.
4: McDonald's is not new to chicken.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits. Long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: All right. Uh, I kind of uh, shorten uh, it up, so I won't get Thank too long. you. 18 away from the top. There. Uh, JP's online one calling from the district. JP, good morning. You're on with Ashra Kwesi.
3: Good, good morning and hotel. Hotel, my brother, how you feeling? I'm doing well. Doing well, sir. Enjoying the conversation. Uh my question is uh at the Giza Plateau, the three pyramids, proper name Mir, Kufra, Kufu, Mecca. And then there's the greatest statue on earth, the greatest statue on the planet. Uh is is, is is that statue Haru Imakit? is that statue the image of a male or a female is it masculine or feminine there there there's some people out here who are trying to suggest that that is a feminine uh image and i know in the greek culture that sphinx is a female but i was in Africa in 1995, and I saw that colossal statue myself, and nothing right. about it looked feminine to me. All
1: right, JP, let's give him a chance to respond because we got a bunch of other folks well, got like questions. To, looks
3: Thanks. like they're trying Thank to feminize you. everything. The black
9: man, you know, they're trying to put the black man in the closet. So I try to. So some who are in, having these feminized behave. That is not a female colossal. I've, I've talked about the spiritual birth and the spiritual birth who uh, Baru, who was born of Immaculate Conception. So that colossal statue, which in fact is a dream stellar right between the poles of that statue, and in that dream stel- uh, stellar, there's the Medunetra name, ra haru em That means, again, that means Haru and the horizon, representing the constellation of Leo, symbolically going back to the constellation of Orion that represents his father, Asar, Anyone who go to that colossal can look up at that great Nisu, that great king. Here we're talking about 240 feet long and over 66 feet high, and his ears are seven feet. You can stand inside of his ears. Clearly you can see that that is an African colossal. That is a male colossal. That's an African man there. But they're trying to feminize every damn thing, okay? And some of these are just feminists, okay, feminized guys running around here trying to do it and taking from Greek culture, Okay which the Greeks, okay, made this griffin, which is a female, all right? You can clearly see it's a female, but that great colossal is Ra Haru Amakit. So all the Nisus who, were known, who, who came down through the dynastic period, so-called pre-dynastic period, were known as the Shimsu Haru. The Shimsu Haru are the followers of Haru, that first king, that early king who was born of immaculate conception, who was called the Kames Haru, all right? That was born, okay, his spirit was born, during the time of Ra, December the 25th, that I've been talking about. So no, that is not a female colossal. That is an African male, African man colossal that represents Haru. And right. it was the Shimsu Haru who built that colossal. So it's sad that you got, everybody wants to now feminize everything.
1: All right, uh, thank you for that call, JP and, and 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 family. Make your questions short so we can get as many as, as possible. Tyrone's online for; he's in Baltimore. Tyrone, your question quickly for uh, brother Ashra Kwesi.
7: Yeah, I had a question regarding the um, what connection does he link to the Anunnaki and the Sumerian
6: uh, Babylonian type of, uh, of issue with regard to to. Uh, uh, the origin stories of the world, especially the air. So, and again, all you got that.
9: these history <laughs> channels coming on TV and Anunnaki and every damn thing else that you can imagine. But there you got the colossals and statues right there in Africa. You can see where it starts its origin. origin you want the to the keep world. black folks in some mystical worlds or outer space or extraterrestrials and every damn thing else, just like Christianity did, as Jomo Kenyatta said in his book, okay, that they gave us the Bible and told us to pray and uh, said Jesus would come out of the sky and the sweet by and by when they open their eyes up they had the land and they had the Bible so here we are looking at everywhere again outside of Africa why they take all of Africa and taking the, the ancient treasures and the ancient spiritual stories while we're in this deep mystical sleep looking for somewhere else someplace else next question
1: all right next person is uh, brother Muhammad online two calling from the district brother Mohammed, your question for brother Quasey. Muhammad hung up. All right, let's go to Paul in Tennessee on line three. Paul, good morning. your army Brother Kwesi.
10: Good morning, Brother Kwesi. I've been following your work for a very long time. I have a question, but I want to preface it by saying whenever I'm thinking of you and I'm looking at your documentaries, your videos, I also am thinking of Dr. Ben. But anyway, my question is, the two books are around 700 and 250 uh, B.C., the Pentateuch, which is supposed to be the uh, uh, holy book of Moses, and then his the uh, written Greek five, version.
9: Written 500 the BC. It was written 500
10: yeah. B.C. Okay, 500 B.C. Uh, I'm going by a book that Dr. Ben uh, came out with years ago called The Chronology of the Bible. Everybody should have one a of those. book, but a powerful book. <laughs> All kind of uh, about twenty, thirty different versions of the Bible people should see, but those two, right. this, uh, Pectua, uh Pentateuch, and uh, the Septuagint, Septuagint, which is the Greek version, what does that have to do with the Book of Coming forth by day or the Book of the Dead? And
9: what well, was wasn't written in those clothing? books. Right. Uh, in previous uh, shows on on, yeah, previous shows on Carl's show, I've dealt with the origins of the Bibles. This is another topic for another time, but very quickly, again, these ideas were plagiarized, like I said before. Uh, when they built that library, the Greeks were there for 300 years. Okay, the Romans, another 400 years, and here come the Byzantine Roman, here come the Arabs. Everybody's coming and studying this great knowledge. So the Peramaru coming forth by day and by night, that the Europeans... Uh, give the regulatory name book of the dead because they were robbing the tombs okay this represents the spiritual going into the spiritual afterlife into eternity okay our ancestors brought the concept of the afterlife the europeans didn't know nothing about heaven when they fell dead they dropped dead right there and the animals ate them all right but when they came into kemet they started to learn about these spiritual ideas so, so they start to write and write these bibles based off of the spiritual system of ancient kemet that's why when I was reading certain concepts uh, out of the Bible through, uh, during this uh, program, that's why we can see, if we knew the ancient Kemetic story, we can see how they plagiarized those ideas from ancient Kemet, all right? As, well, as I've been talking about, uh, because of the Christmas holiday, I focus on uh, Christianity and Christmas because what's going on right now. I didn't get into Judaism and all these other ideas that we could have gotten into as well in the various Bibles, but try to keep it on track of what I'm talking about. But again... Yes, those ideas were plagiarized. And I will show some of this again on the community, thinking to Dr. Baruch uh, for this community is coming up. It'll be at the Everlasting Life Restaurant at 9033 Central Avenue in Capitol Heights. And he owns the building. You remember last time we had a, a, a PKV who brought me many times. Uh, they had some issues uh, with the people who had control over the building and didn't want me to talk about Judaism. But we will make that one happen another time. But right now we're going to deal with the lecture on the African origin of Christianity and the Christmas holiday. Uh, and this is going to be backed up through my 40 years of research from the monuments and temples for us to have a critical analytical analysis, to think, I'm not coming for one to believe, okay, what I'm saying, but to think about what I'm saying, at least based off of the monuments and temples and show how they literally plagiarized in creating this white idolatry, okay, or worship of white images and uh, destroyed uh, much of our innate spirituality within some of us.
1: Right. I a go fast 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 you, uh, brother, got a tweet question for you, Brother brother A tweeter from the West Coast says, The Wake Up Squad wants to know, when are you coming back to the West
4: Coast?
9: Well, when I'm invited. Uh, we want to, peace be upon him, uh, our great teacher, uh, Mary Carra, who made his transition. He uh, joined the Caress Spiritual Center. Uh, for many, many years I came there, uh, but they are going through. Uh, so I'm understanding from what I've been told that they're going through some changes, trying to get the building together. Uh, but, of course, uh, when I'm invited, I come. That's, that's how I come. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. And and your uh, tours to Egypt, uh, at Uh, uh, least—go ahead.
9: Yes, we do tours every summer, okay, Uh, giving thanks to brothers and sisters who love to come with us. We have to do two tours in the summer. They're each 15 days each, uh, July 13th, okay, to uh, July 27th will be the first tour. And then uh, we also uh, see the July—the second tour, it will be uh, July 29th. Okay, uh, to uh, August 12th. So that they're both 15 days each. You can go to our website there, kemetnu.com. That's K-E-M-E-T-N-U.com. And we have all the information in regards to our tour. And come for an eyewitness account, okay? We have a great tour, uh, beautiful brothers and sisters who travel from the continental U.S., Caribbean, okay, coming from England. Uh, so we have brothers and sisters coming from everywhere, even from the African continent. Brothers and sisters from South Africa join us. So we generally have, we have to, uh, it's 115 people on each tour. We have to stop at 115 because we do a cruise to Nubia and the cruise can only handle 115 people. So it's a great journey that we have. We have a good time. I lecture every day on, at the sites as well as having lectures in the hotel. Even before we get to the temple, you will have a lot of information. But even coming to Everlasting Life uh, this Saturday, uh, for those, some people can't make it there, but I tried to put the presentation together to make you feel like you're there. You're at the place. You're uh, uh, and at the temples. So this is going to be based off of visual documentation and eyewitness account, Brother Carl.
1: And at what time does that start again?
9: Uh, that will start at uh, the doors open at six uh, six p.m. Yes, the doors open at six p.m. Everlasting Life. Uh-huh. All right. And uh, you uh-huh. can call. You get a number. The number to call three zero one. 324-6900. Again, that's 301-324-6900. And that's Everlasting Life, okay, restaurant at 9033 Central Avenue in Capitol Heights, Merlin, this Saturday at 6 o'clock. African Origin of Christianity and the Christmas Holiday. So don't get caught up in the Matrix and, and the frolicking and running around so you can have a spiritual understanding what this is truly all about.
1: Right before we let you go, got to send our love to Mary Rock Quasi uh, as well.
9: Yes, my mentor Hemp, yeah, and we do the tours together. So, we, and in fact, she lectures uh, on the tour as well. So you can have a balance, like our ancestors saw uh, in that spiritual balance. So they said, for there to be a god, it had to be a goddess, and for there to be a goddess, it had to be a god. It was called the spiritual dialectical laws, and we are the personification of that spirituality.
1: Ah, Shay, thank you, brother Quasi.
9: And thank you, all for this African community today. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, folks, we're done. We're out of here. Stay strong. Stay positive. Please stay healthy. We'll see you tomorrow morning, six o'clock, right here in Baltimore on ten ten WOLB, and also in the DMV on FM ninety five point nine and AM fourteen fifty WOL. Where information is power.